Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about and reviewing Forza Horizon 4. Forza Horizon 4. Vroom, vroom. I love this game. Just spoilers just, for later. Yeah. <laughs> Preview <laughs> of the review. We should do like at some point we should do like the teaser of the review, then do like trailer number one of the review. Yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. we're also gonna have some news. That's right. So that's great. That is great. Um, but yeah, John, what have you been up to this week? We're actually recording this a day early. That's right. So that I can prepare tomorrow for my Halloween party. That's right. I'm so excited for the Halloween party. I am man. too. It's it's gonna be gonna be awesome. Yeah. Even if it pours down rain. I think you're gonna love my costume. Um, I'm excited for your costume. I think you're going to like mine as well. Mm, we'll like each other's. I hope you like mine. In fact, I'm just like sitting here like, oh, no. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So what have you been up to this week, bro? Oh, man. Um, well, obviously a lot of Forza Horizon. That's right. In order to review this game, we have in fact been playing it a lot. Yeah. So I was looking last night. Um, I'll just give a preview. We'll talk about it for a second. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it again later. Yeah. It, the game's been out um, three weeks now. Three weeks. We're on the third season, and so that first week was two. Or like the season resets on Thursdays. Yeah. And uh, and it came out on a Tuesday for the va- like the vast majority of people, yeah. other than the people who bought like the legendary edition, the the Uber fans, if you will, not the fans of the company Uber, but the the, yes, the big yes. fans. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like they they uh, that was the first week technically. Then the second week would have been. Um, the next, like, so that was summer, then it was spring, or no, then it was fall, and then now it's winter at this point. Yeah. Um, on Thursday, so tomorrow, uh, and by the time people are listening to this, it's already uh, fall, or the spring again. Yeah. I'm getting my spring and my fall mixed up, bro. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to happen tonight sometime. So, here's the thing. So, in the past three weeks, mm-hmm. according to Xbox, mm-hmm. I have played this for... 36 hours. Ooh, that's good. That's good. So I bet you mine says more because, again, I, well, I leave mine And I was going to give that caveat. I gave, I left, I actually, uh, so on Saturday, um, or Sunday, one of the one of the days this past weekend, I was playing it, and then I, like, went into my bedroom and then, like, lay down on the bed just for a few minutes because my phone was plugged in there and fell asleep and woke mm. up, like, six hours later. So it's actually mm. more like 30 hours. Yeah. But still, 30 hours... Yep, that's wild. In in that many weeks, and so I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay something out there. This is the thing. Um, Fortnite kind of like got me more into it, but not really. Like it was kind of an artificial thing. This is the first game in a while that I have played every day. Mm. Not because it's I feel like I have to. Yeah, like with Fortnite back at like uh, what was it? When when they were, when were they doing? Um, uh, Basically, like we, you had to play every day in order to. Oh, season three. Three, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So was that it was earlier the battle this year? That I didn't get. Was that earlier this year? Yes. Okay. So earlier this year, I mean, I was doing that with Fortnite. I was playing every single day, like at least you know, like to do yeah. a couple challenges or whatever. Um, but it wasn't because necessarily. I mean, Fortnite's fun, but it wasn't because like. I was like forcing myself to do it. Yeah, I was like, "Hey, I have this to do list. I have this goal, this gaming yeah. goal. So let me check it off." You know, but Forza, 
on the other hand, like I want to. Like yeah. I, right now, I want to go home and play it. <laughs> I uh, this is a game that like leading up to, I was like super amped about, but I'd forgotten about. Like I kept I kept forgetting about it until about a week before. And I'm kind of glad yeah. that I did because like by the time it came around, I was so ready. Yeah. And like I I would like be working and, and or, like be thinking, oh man, I need to get back to that. I will say also, this game is a great game. You mentioned like you like left it on or whatever. It's a great game oh, for yeah. uh having a kit like with desmond and it's like if i am racing a race or whatever i can just hit pause yeah and then it's like oh hey i'm gonna go to you and literally like i can come back like 30 minutes later unpause and i'm like right back in yeah. the action you the know weird part about the pause is that it like just like loops one section of music over and over and over and over again <laughs> i haven't noticed yeah so like like pause it and then listen to what it actually plays yeah and in it, the like, background yeah and, it, and it's huh it's like it, it's it's in time, yeah. But it just like loops the same section of a song over and over and over again. That's part of what I'm fascinated by with this game is like the way that they've done the music in it is really like intuitive. It's really cool. Whenever you cross the finish line, it like plays a, a, the most like amped up part of the song. Like uh -huh. there's a song like a, a punk rock song where it, like it ends the song and then it swoops back into it for like this the, whatever. Yeah. So whenever you cross the finish line and that song has play, been playing at that time, it like edits apparently like on the beat like you don't lose a yeah. beat like it edits to where you cross the finish line right where that swoop drop happens that's crazy man and like so they've done that with every song and it's like it's flawless and yeah. it's like i don't know how the heck you program that stuff like to yeah. where the you know it's like oh i timed out the video to be in time with the music because you gotta know the tempo for the song and like then you add it together like where's the transition to the drop i don't know man that's yeah. wild well and the other thing i mean speaking of the music we're just like flat up in the review right now i mean basically happening. at this point um when we'll move on, but uh, the music is so good in this one mm -hmm. um, that it's leaking into other parts of my life. Yeah. So, like, I was working the other day um, trying to um, write some scripts for some podcasts, and I like I needed some music, but I didn't want it to, like to, I didn't want music that would like like distract me. Mm -hmm. I wanted just like some working music. Yeah, but I wanted it to be like. I didn't want it to be Tycho. Sometimes I work, yeah. to, I, I write stories and stuff like that to Tycho, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, great. But I need something a little, a little better than that. So I'm like, like or a, a little bit, a little bit more, like, yeah. a little bit more energy. So let you know, me, where it's like, I was I'm like, not chilling. I was like, I'm gonna jump on uh, Apple Music and look up public playlists and just see if anybody's put together a playlist, the of, ultimate playlist yeah. of this game. Well, so then they have, but like I found specifically somebody put together all the songs from Pulse. Yeah, I'm like that's what I want. Yeah. So I'm gonna listen to the Pulse radio, and I just sat there all afternoon writing. It's awesome with the Pulse radio station playing. It's funny. There have been a couple of times where, like, you know how you know you say we want to pause it, like it will loop a certain section. Like sometimes I'll literally be like, okay, well I've got to go into the kitchen. I'll just be in the open world, and yeah. I'll be like, I'm just gonna leave it because the music is great, and, oh, yeah. and the DJs are like, you know, yeah. they, they come on and they sound like legit DJs and yeah. everything and i'll just like do something else well, so, there's no penalty for just sitting there yeah and, and it's like, like other it's, than other than it like completely skews your game time sure which it has but like but it's not but it's different from you know back in the day you would leave sonic standing there and you yeah. get start tapping his foot he'd well get like the time you reach 10 minutes he just automatically like just times out and, and yeah. resets or whatever or uh spider-man like if you leave him sitting there you know he'll start saying things and stuff like yeah. that like that's kind of intrusive yeah but like this you can just sit on the road and it plays awesome music. Yeah. Like <laughs> time of day goes by. It? It's pretty. Like you said, the the D, like the DJ will come on and comment on the sunset yeah. or like whatever. You I'm know, waiting it's, for it's like there's a um, there's a album in pre-release. I'm trying to get to it. Is why I'm pausing. There's an album in pre-release. Oh yeah, here it is. It's 
Forza Horizon 4 hospital soundtrack. It's going to be nice. the entire hospital radio station. Yeah. There's only one song available right now. It's, 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 uh, well, it said it was in pre-release. You know what's awesome about that? Huh. I was noticing in the sound settings. So like I, I set the, up the music. I always do this in the Forza games. They allow you these different presets where they have like a uh, car focus where it's like turns down the music and up the car engine or like uh, announcer yeah, focus and it'll like remix it based on But there's a music focus one where it turns down all the other stuff and oh, yeah. up the music. And that's the one I always go with. Yeah. Um, but in that one, it also has a setting like in the audio settings, it has a setting for uh, hospital records streaming and you can turn it on, and so it's like all of the music is licensable. You can stream it all to like to your like what? Twitch channel and stuff. Like you don't have to worry about a YouTube strike. So they've already thought about the fact that like people are going to want to spring do you with the rest of the stations. I would imagine so, because like numerous times, like I've gone like even with Forza Horizon three, I want to say whenever I would go to the YouTube channels that would be like, here's how you do this specific challenge or get this yeah, uh, bonus it's board. Just the it's literally effects. just the engine audio. There's no music. I think you're right. I don't think I've seen. And I was so like some stuff the other day in this one specifically, it's like, hey, if you want there to be music and and you but you still want to stream this and like not get like a weird like a takedown notice or whatever, they you can just put that box on and it's hospital records and it's all the stuff. That's awesome. The DJs on there, um, London Electricity and uh, whatever, like it's, it's the rated DJs. They announce yeah. their names or whatever. They ha each have songs. Like I've before, I've shazammed one of the songs and it says London Electricity, and I'm like, that's the character from the game you know it's like that's not a real thing or it's a real dj or it's a real dj that they have literally just had like that's awesome do this whole station yeah. so last thing i'll say with music yeah um i do miss future radio which was the mm, future classic future classic that's yeah right which was the uh the australian mm. artist specific station yeah. and i kind of wish that they had a station that was specific. I mean, just make it the same thing, Future Classic Radio, yeah. but with British artists this yeah. time. I don't really know yeah. why they moved away from that, but that was like, that was one of my favorite stations last time around. Agreed. Like, I, I hit up some awesome artists that I, I love from that station oh, where yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never would have encountered this music otherwise. Yeah. And I thought that, that was a really cool thing. I do think like, hey, it's a little bit harder with like Great Britain or whatever because it's like there's a lot of just normal popular artists that, that go like sure, yeah, there. I mean, we're, but I feel like they could have picked more like under the level like indie yeah. artists. Yes, that, there's like, always indie artists. There's always an indie label that'll like go, hey, yeah, you can use any of our artists. And like there's got to be good stuff that they could have Think of all the hipsters you know. There. How many bands do they bring up that you've never heard of in your entire life. I mean, it's like, yeah, and, and like every one of these is going to have like a bumping song. Like it's like, yeah. so yeah, it's, uh, I, I agree that that's the big one that I'm like, mm, that's a bummer. Mm -hmm. um, some of the, the uh, I guess, what is it? The, the symphon symphonic one, like the, the classical music station. Oh, um, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, that's right. Um, they have like added a couple of songs, but they haven't really cycled out a lot of the other songs. So like yeah. the majority of what I listen to there, I've heard on the past two games. Yeah, and where it's like, oh, it's it's like I can go longer without without having a repeat or whatever. Like they have an extra couple of songs on there. Yeah, like, but I not think as long as the handle. other stations. Exactly. That's the other thing. Like I mean, maybe they had eight songs before now they have 10 but yeah. still it's only 10 songs right you know well you got to figure like the majority of that stuff like as far as from the writing standpoint all of that stuff's in public domain it's just literally going to be Finding like the, the sound the sound recording of it like yeah. so i mean it's yeah i i kind of wish that that one had, was built out a little bit more but yeah. then again i guarantee they're looking at the statistics of like who listens like how many people listen to each channel and then they put the time right. and money into those stations yeah so. agreed yeah i mean 
And maybe maybe we were the only ones listening to Future Classic Radio. <laughs> I don't know. I literally everyone that I've talked to since then is always like, "Oh yeah, I missed that one. That one was great." So yeah. I don't know. It was interesting. Why are we just like talking about this game now? Yeah, I know. We're literally like it was. We are basically like <laughs> we've talked. Let's, it. let's like block it off to where it's like once we get out of the music, yeah, like, we're, we're done. We're done. But like it's this is the music portion of the review. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about how they unlocked, and I don't remember, maybe Forza Horizon two, uh, 3 did this as well. As you progressed, mm. you unlocked different stations. Did mm-hmm. that happen? So, yes. That's weird to me. But sort of. You know, like, yeah, because I remember doing t- uh, that in, in Forza Horizon 2, and I didn't expect them to do it in, in 3, and I remember being like, oh, man, what so they-, they only have two stations this time around. Whereas, like, then the next, like, I get to the next festival site, and I'm like, oh, I'm unlocking it now. So then this time, it's tied to the seasons, and it is? Oh, yeah. in, the, in the first... In the sto- storyline. Storyline, like, Because, yeah. yeah, like in the game, you go through the first uh, the, uh, full year, basically. So you go through all four yeah. seasons and play like a certain number of races and get a certain number of, of, of XP in each each season. So you get a taste of it, basically. You yeah. experience all of it. And then after that, you go to whatever season it is right now. Mm. like And uh, and it's you know the, that season for a whole week and then the next season for the right, whole week. Right, right. And so every month you go through one year. But like it was tied to like, oh, well, let's unlock three stations on the season one. So we're in summer and I'm like, like, listen to three stations. And then the next season it unlocks two more and the next season it unlocks like another one. And it's like, oh, well, that's weird. So by the third, like by the time you're, I'm in like winter or whatever, I have all the stations at that yeah. point. But, I mean, like, I, mean I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. Right. It's just, it's just strange. You know what also, Why? Well, I mean, that's not how radio stations work in real life. <laughs> It just took them a little bit longer to set up the other radio stations. But if, yeah, but if it was a, if it was around for the first game, yeah, it should be around. It's, it's it should be like Batman's utility belt in the Arkham series. Okay, <laughs> you get a certain number of gadgets in Arkham mm-hmm. Asylum, mm-hmm. and then they don't take all those away for Arkham City. Right, they add to it. Right. Well, that's like part of the thing about like. Now we're comparing songs and radio stations to, to like gadgets. gameplay gameplay mechanics, but that's part I mean, of the frustration. Well, they made it a gameplay mechanic, right. John. But that's part of the frustration. An incentive for w- progression with like sequels to Metroidvanias, for instance, because it's like by the end of a Metroid, a great Metroidvania, like you feel like I can do anything, and it's like I have all the tools and I can chain them together. And that's it. But then you start the next game, and in order to give you somewhere to go, they have to either take those away and give you different ones, or they have to like build on top of those and not make it confusing to new people somehow yeah and so like that's the that's the thing there but this is like this is radio stations this isn't like uh shantae and the pirate's curse versus you mm. know shantae uh, half genie hero you know both of which i think yes are in ga- game pass yeah so if you have game pass the ten dollar month thing like it was both of those games are fantastic which one should you play first uh pirate's curse that one's the better one so start with the best one. I would start with and that go one. To the worst uh, one. Well, like the other one is is really good. It's a little bit more simple, is what I would say. I say don't so play it at all. If okay, so if you've never played a a like Metroidvania esque game, play Half Genie Hero because that one's the the easier one. Like it's the easier one to wrap your head around. The puzzles are a little bit more less obtuse, like that sort of thing. But uh, Pirate's Curse is definitely like that one was. As somebody who loves those types of games, yeah, like it is pff, spot on. Definitely. There's only one spot. If you get stuck in any, either of them, just look it up. So that's what I've been up to this week, John. <laughs> Woo! That was a long walk. I've also uh, started watching Catching Up on Ballers. Nice. This season's great. They uh, have started a storyline where they purchased a extreme sports wing, which is great. 
been watching uh, it's all, the new season of It's Always Sunny. It's been okay. I would say, like, um, they are their best whenever they uh, are doing just crazy off-the-wall things. And there's been a couple, of, like, just kind of self-referential episodes that I'm kind of like, meh. Yeah. Um, I've also, well, I'm also watching the final season of The Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good so far. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. That's about it. Nothing gets worse of like, oh, that wasn't like as uh, as the um, oh, the one where they have the banana stand. Oh, the Netflix Arrested picked Development? it up. Yeah, Arrested Development. I love Arrested Development. But the last season of that was nuts. Like, I, where the, like they weren't even in the same room as each other and stuff like yeah, in certain you're talking scenes. About the, the most recent one that was like, the yeah. Baby, the, then Netflix reshuffled into normal episodes. Yeah. Like originally they just focused on one character. Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen watched that season yet. Like that season, I started that season and I stopped it. Mm. I was like, I want to remember Arrested Development as what it was, yeah. not whatever this is. I mean, you should watch. They they kind of pretend that that first version doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. Like, they reshuffled everything so it's actually chronological and linear. Okay. Instead of just following one character yeah. all through this timeline. It's funny, like, about that idea. It's like, well, you know what's a great idea? Take a a, a show that lots of, you know, that, that like small group of people absolutely love and completely change it. Yeah. And then put it out. You know, it's like, no, this is a bad idea. <laughs> you know, <what laughs> on I'm a different for, network, obviously. What but. I'm waiting for to come back, and I don't know when it's going to, is uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm, yeah, dude, that's the one. Like that that show, the last however many seasons it's been on, has brought me back to fall television. Like where I'm like, oh yeah, like that one will be like, oh, a new episode of that, and I'm like, oh, I'm amazing. And then like I pick up, I'm like, oh, Bob's Burgers is back too, and this I is know. back too, and this dude, is back too. Bob's, I've been, I haven't watched Bob's Burgers. I haven't too. watched it. Is it good? It's good. Okay. I mean, it's always good. <laughs> it's never Bob's. not been good. I love Bob's Burgers, man. It's so I, like uh, they, you know, have ne- they have yet to hit a point where you're like, this isn't good. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I've been re- watching back. I started watching back through the first few seasons of uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, mm-hmm. um, and TBS has started doing reruns of uh, New Girl, and so I've been mm-hmm. watching New Girl reruns as well. It's, awesome. it's crazy whenever shows like that. I mean, it's off the air now, but like, okay, all of a sudden, it's in reruns on yeah. TBS. You're like, man, yeah. how old is this show? Like, hold am I? What is going on here? You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, even um, I want to say, like, with uh, Seinfeld, like, yeah. our parents like watched that on reruns. Like, oh yeah, like the first time they watched it because I, I think they were like, you know, we were really young whenever it was originally on, and like, so they didn't get a chance to really like watch it while it was actually on. So they watched it in reruns. A I lot. mean, I, I remember them watching it whenever. So I, yeah. I, I remember specifically. Mm-hmm. I remember the last. Uh, it's actually I remember the next to last episode. So mm-hmm. the way that Seinfeld went, it went. Um, they did the Puerto Rican Day Parade, mm-hmm. and then there was like an hour-long uh, clip special, mm. and they ended that clip special with the song Time of Your Life by Green Day, mm. and then they had the finale. Dude, why don't more things end with that song? <laughs> I don't know, but Just... I remember, and I think they may, they may have run the, I don't know, remember how it aired specifically, I'd have to look it up. They may have aired the clip special right before the final episode the yeah. hour-long episode yeah uh, where they're on trial but i remember getting up and some like i knew that it was seinfeld uh series finale mm-hmm. and that mom and dad were like watching it we would go to bed at like what yeah. eight, eight nine o'clock yeah 
And so I think they had like. So taped I remember it. every like every year it felt like, or every once in a while they would be like, "Okay, well, it's it's eight o'clock now," like from seven o'clock. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember whenever it was seven o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And then it moved to eight o'clock, and I was like, "That's so much later." Yeah. Yes, you know. And then and it was then nine, nine o'clock. o'clock and you're yeah. like, oh my goodness! Just progressively went on. Yeah. And uh, but I, I this was in Cesar, Illinois, mm-hmm. and I got up out of bed and I watched the clip, like tail end of the clip show or whatever. From the dining room, looking into the living room while that's they were awesome. watching it, they didn't know I was there. Yeah, and then I remember that song. That's the first time I ever heard that song. Yeah, in my life. That's awesome. Was at the end of the Seinfeld clip show. Yes, and even then, I'm like, I didn't know watch this show. I didn't know what was going on. No. But like, I had this emotional attachment to. Mm-hmm. It. I'm like, man, yeah. this is sad. You know, like, well, of course, because that's that's <laughs> that song, man. I know. Like that's why every like graduation or like prom or whatever like always had that and like had that with a photo montage. It's oh, like, oh yeah, my yeah. gosh, I'll cry. I know. I don't even know these people. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Because uh, they started watching that in reruns, and then it was still on. Like had that final episode or whatever. And, yeah. Are you sure they started watching? I'm the pretty sure. Like Dad was like, "Hey, yeah, we missed like the first few seasons of it." And, like, oh, that makes st- sense. We I mean, discovered it in reruns. I did the know? same thing with Lost. Only I didn't do it in reruns, but I did it on Netflix. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, we watched maybe the. I think we missed the first like three seasons or mm-hmm. four seasons, and then yeah. watched the. What were there, seven total? What's funny about Lost is I watched a show that was on at the same time as Lost on a different channel. And like in the commercials, I would flip back to Lost and be like, what is this show? It looks so good. <laughs> but then like in the first season. Like, yeah. and, uh, and then I discovered it like somewhere at the end of the second season or whatever yeah. and started watching it around then. So Yeah, like it's I don't funny. know if I ever – like I didn't get on where I was like watching it live with everyone until the final like three or four seasons, something like that. Like the first three seasons, I think I'm with you where it's like I caught up afterwards. I was like, oh, I'll just get it on like the Netflix, mail it to me and that sort yeah. of thing for season one, two, and three. It, Libraries were also my, a good my source. Own, my viewing habits intrigue me these days because I think – Things like Hulu and Netflix have conditioned us to want to watch, just binge watch things. And so I honestly say I have one, It's Always Sunny, just sitting there. Actually, no, that's a bad example because I always watch It's Always Sunny. Say I have one Ballers mm-hmm. sitting there on my DVR. Yep, you're like, it's not worth not it. Not going to watch it's it. It's not worth it to watch it. Not I'll worth it, it to get invested to like, unless I can get invested in four. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's what it is. So it's like, uh, if it can get to two, <laughs> mi- two minimum. Yeah. And four would be great. So I could actually sit there for like an hour and a half, two hours and watch this show. I also find that when the later I get into a season, the more I will be like, I'll be like, oh, this was probably the last episode or like this is probably the midseason finale. So I'm not going to watch it mm-hmm. until they're, you know, like until the next one's until available. the next one's available or like whatever. Like I only just now finished the first season of DuckTales. Like finished the f- season finale, which yeah. was fantastic. That if you haven't watched the new Ducktales, like go watch that. Do yeah. yourself a favor, go watch the new season or the new new Ducktales show. Like it is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, like that's only like I only just now watched it because it was like a forty minute episode, so it's like double episode. Yeah. And the new season starts like at, you know, next month or yeah. something like that. Where I'm like, oh, it's the, not. I'm not gonna have to wait very long. I'll tell you the shows that like I usually these I only have I guess three shows now uh, that I have to watch right mm-hmm. away. It's it's always sunny, Bob's Burgers, and Game of Thrones. Nice. Used to be Walking Dead. I, I've just fallen off of Walking Dead hardcore. And like, I kind of want to get back into it 
and go back and watch those now that I can binge through them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like watching them, we, I don't think I'll ever go back to watching them week to week because it was just too much of a drag, you know? Well, that's how I fell off, but I fell off way long time ago. Yeah. Um, but it was literally like, I was like, I'm literally just like watching this every week and like, like, here, let me rip open my soul and like, you know, <laughs> weep for a few hours or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so I was just like, I am done with that, yeah. you know? I kind of just want to like just get through it. Yeah. I totally get it. The, uh, so in addition to the DuckTales season finale or whatever, which was a long time ago, I watched, I did watch the, uh, the Star Wars Resistance show this past week. Oh, yeah. Uh, first three episodes are out. The third one is good. Like the other two are good as well, but it's like you can tell like it's just like not quite there yet. Um, and uh, but I do like the show now, and I will continue to watch it because right. it's also Star Wars. Cool. So it does look like it's going to have like some things to do. Like the the premise of the show is this kid who's like a a pilot and like from this like rich family and he's like he's like i want to be a uh, member of the resistance but my my family doesn't like that and so like he like runs away with poe dameron and like poe dameron like installs him as a spy on this this base where they you know race these uh uh fighters and uh yeah so anyway so he's a spy trying to figure out like he because poe thinks that there's a um a first order like spy there as well and so passing information to the first order so this kid is supposed to figure out who the first order people are so like the first two episodes are literally just like him getting the feel for like what this place is what the setting is who these other characters are and uh third third episode like really gets into like who his character is and that's where i was waiting for i was like okay now i'm on board because like i didn't like you before i was just getting Mm. used to the setting and like now i actually like you as kind of a character now so all right it's a it's a good good thing so I think we'll see where it goes is where I'm at with it. It's like, it's a good thing. I'm enjoying it right now. It's a good, like 20 minute episode watch, but like, we'll see if it, if it actually matters later on. Well, later we're going to finish our review. That's right. uh, Forza Horizon 4. But first, the news! The news! The news, John. Yes. So the uh, first piece of news you had right? oh or wait what, what, what were we talking about what do you about? want to start for with first we actually like we listed oh, right. a ton I have it here. of news. i have it here sorry i have it right here okay, okay. red dead redemption 2 that's right could, the physical edition could come on two discs this is from ign.com joe scrubbles wait chris hmm. by the way joe scrubbles he writes a lot of other stuff Good, good, cool, cool guys also on the uh the uk podcast nice, within nice the right. ign uk podcast yeah, with them check that out we have kind of abandoned our segment about podcasts. Let's <laughs> that's right. uh, talk so about there, that later. So, so that's that's mine for the week. You know? Okay, Just... I'll tell you mine later before we go. I like it. Uh, I says, feel like we replaced that that segment though with the countdown to uh, to episode three hundred. Really, yeah. you know, because at the end of the episode, counting down. I yeah, really who cares like about that. other podcasts? We'll only talk yeah. about our own. I mean, I'm down with that. You know, yeah. You talked about like the self referential episodes. Like that's literally all that segment is. Yeah, you know? yeah. All right, I'm gonna read this now. <laughs> yeah. What seems to be Japanese packaging for Red Dead Redemption 2 has appeared online, and if genuine, it shows that the PS4 physical edition is spread across two discs. Now, wait, Chris. Mm. You just said two discs. Two discs. I thought we left behind the multiple disc thing with the Xbox 360 and the PS3. You would have thought. On the game's back cover, a symbol indicating the double disc format is shown. Double disc games are more familiar from older generations of consoles when games could far outstrip the storage capacity of optical discs. Dual layer Blu-ray discs, which PS4 uses, can hold a maximum of 50 gigabytes of data with Red Dead 2 file sizes seemingly ranging from 88 to 105 gigabytes. 
That would go some way to explaining Rockstar's decision. If this is the reasoning, it seems likely the Xbox One will also feature a two-disc solution. It's not clear from the packaging what content is split across the discs. We've reached out for comment and we'll update the story if and when Rockstar replies. Red Dead Redemption 2 will be released on October 27th. We can start preloading the game from this Friday, John. What? But we we bought the physical edition. Yes, so. we did. This is where I'm at, Chris. Hmm. I'm up. I'm very upset why about we, this. Why did we do that again? Uh, because th- that was the only way you could get the uh, the the big the special map. edition with the map and yes. the yeah. Like we got we got the big one. I do want the map. Not the really really big one. Like the really really big well, one had these have like a game in it. Had all these like digital extras and stuff like that. Yeah, and didn't have the game. Oh well, no, I'm getting the the, the the well. I'm getting the big one too, but it doesn't. I'm getting the big one with all the extras, but it but not have the a, one without the map or without the game. Yeah, like, there was there was one without the game. It was yeah. like a hundred dollars with yeah. no game, and it had like these little trinkets and tokens and things yeah, like that yeah. where I was like, okay, that would Playing be cards. That would be cool. But I don't need it. But I don't need it. And it yeah. doesn't sound like like of the things like I calculated, I was like, of these things that you just listed, I care about this number of them and those number are not worth an additional yeah. like hundred dollars. Exactly. Until we play this game yeah. and become enraptured with it and then wish we had gotten it like I do with the ghost edition of the original Destiny. You know, you can you can walk into your GameStop right now, Chris. Yeah. My local GameStop right down the street. Yeah. I have seen it. There are ghosts in there. You can you can purchase yourself a ghost. Are they from that edition of the game? No. 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 They are vinyl ghosts. Yeah. I have one of those ghosts, John. Ah, nice. Awesome. I love it. At home. I have thought about buying one. I also thought about, but you remember whenever the, uh, we're just rabbit trailing all over the place. Not now. really playing Destiny right now, though. That's you're, the only you're, reason you're, why yeah, you're, you're I haven't the, bought the one. The ghosts that appeared with Alexa that came out, and they were like 100 bucks when they came out. That's and, right. Yeah, they're now $10, John. Oh, my goodness. Uh, if you want one, as a, you have to, as to add on with something else. Hashtag bad investment. I mean, uh, so I, I was about to buy one, and I was reading some reviews, and they were like, yeah, the speaker's not loud enough to listen to you can do the same thing with your same skills with your other alexa and it makes more sense of course and um it has to be paired with an alexa so like you can't even use it on its own as an alexa device so i'm like this is stupid i don't even want to waste 10 bucks on this (laughs) this is how they ended up with so many um so yeah you can get that on amazon right now but two discs man here's the thing like i'm okay with this as long as i can install the entire game and then all I have to do is have one disc in there and it oh, plays. Dude. But like if, if I have to get up in the middle of the game and put it in a new disc. Yeah, that's my memory of the last game that I ever played that was multiple discs was a different Rockstar game, was LA Noir. Yep. And it came on like four discs. R.I.P. Team Bondi. And Chris, the reason I stopped playing that game and never finished it was because I didn't switch the disc. John, that's a terrible reason. I know. I got to I got That's done just, with disc one and I swapped game. it to disc and like I got done with disc two, and it was like right before uh, the like the fi- finale like uh, run of of things. I forgot you never finished that game, and I just didn't put in the other disc, bro. Uh, you know where you can play that game today, John? Where can I play that game today? Your Nintendo Switch. That's right, the Nintendo Switch. You should totally do it. I would love to. That would be awesome. In fact, I think it has actually new features. Like yeah. Rockstar is so strange. Like <laughs> the, the technological people over there are like, we want to actually use like motion control for some of the things in this. And so like they have like some motion control features that don't exist on any of the other platforms. Yeah. So anyway. that's a game I actually would play again. Like, and I don't think that um, it has any kind of like crazy thing that, doesn't age well you yeah. know what i mean like the control i mean they're third person controls you know like they're 
going to play like a third person game, you know, action yeah, it's, game. It's kind of like a little bit clunky to drive or whatever. Yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, but like, I do, do feel like that game could have benefited. And in fact, like I stopped getting in the driver's seat, like, Oh, you just fast travel. Or well, whatever. and I was just like, because you like the conversations that you and your like partner or whatever have, but I just I always made them drive. Oh, you would have them drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, always yeah, be like, yeah. be like, yeah, I just want to listen to this for like tw- you know five minutes or yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't want to play this. I, 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 I don't want to drive around in this city. I loved that game. Like, it just you felt like you were in nineteen fifties or sixties L.A. I, I, as yeah. Much as, as much as I could as possibly well, like, I, the know thing, what that's like. The thing also that was fun, like I played that game before I went to LA. Oh, yeah. And like there was, like I knew where some of the like oh, yeah. stuff was. Uh-huh. And like I remember being like, oh, I remember that from that. Oh, yeah. I remember that from that. You know? Video games are weird like that. They're very strange. It's like that there. Well, I mean, LA, I love LA, number one. Number two, it's more of a culmination and combination of old movies. Mm-hmm. You know, TV shows, games, mm-hmm. all kind of mushed together, mm-hmm. and like, oh, okay, this place feels familiar, oddly familiar, mm-hmm. because I've seen it and seen things set in this location so right. many times. Well, I love also, and Nashville's like this, but it's not like uh, it doesn't have the ver- verticality of uh, of like what the way LA kind of does, because it's like LA, you can like from a video game person's perspective, it's like, oh, there's these different biomes. Or like, there's the, yeah. there's the forest well, that's area. That's why the movie industry There's out the there. hilly area. There's the beach area. And there's the city area. And, like, all of these things exist, like, within walking distance yeah. of, of whatever. Like, Capitol Studios. Like, I spent some time, like, in Capitol Studios. That's, like, downtown. Yeah. But literally, like... Kind of. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, but it's, like, it's old. Downtown, it's, downtown. like, old downtown. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, literally, like a few blocks away you can like go on this like the famous like hiking trail that like winds its way up this like mountain and like gets up to the top and that's where people take selfies like out over the city or whatever uh-huh. and it's like that's literally like walking distance away but walking distance from that like from the bottom of that trail is the uh the chinese theater or whatever yeah. it's like and so like whenever i was at Capitol one time they were having a pixar uh i think it was inside out like was having its its red carpet event like that that while they were there and it's yeah. like oh my gosh this is amazing that's yeah, so, funny things like that like especially that part part of town we're just so in the weeds that part of town and everything's so close to each other like it's way closer than you think it is you know yeah the hollywood hills are way closer to everything there on the strip than you would think it would be the griffith observatory is up there and like and it's a couple miles away but it's still like it's it's still still within like a five ten minute drive at the most you know um sunset boulevard like everything's just like you know i mean it's crazy yeah it's wild, man. Anyway, next news story. We're gonna move on from the two disc nightmare that we're gonna we're gonna have. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say <laughs> it kind of surprises me. The only other thing, because like you think about games like the um, Master Chief Collection. Yeah. So when you get that on your console, finally, right. it's like a hundred something gigabytes. So is Call of Duty every year. But like, what they would, what you do is you load the game and then they you download this huge patch simultaneously while it's installing on the disc it's downloading things yeah, as so, well so i don't know why necessarily other than the fact that they want to want like this is that this game could be played completely offline yeah so maybe like with call of duty for instance maybe like most of the single players on the disc so you could play that offline would yeah. have to download a patch yeah i don't know and you would assume also like on this this one for instance like if they plan on it's it's got to be like a dollars type situation where it's like okay 
well, we're going to sell more copies of to people in like places with terrible internet, and let's put more of it on the disc and have a smaller day one patch. Like have us have you know a ten gigabyte patch or twenty yeah. gigabyte patch rather than have one disc and have like a seventy gigabyte patch. Yeah, I don't know. This next story is by Super Reporter Jason Schreier Woo-hoo. from Kotaku. The title. <laughs> We were working 100-hour weeks, Red Dead Redemption 2 head writer says, then clarifies. (laughs) It's been an open secret in the video game industry that the prestigious developer Rockstar embraces overtime, and a new quote from the company co-founder Dan Hauser about Red Dead Redemption 2 caused controversy this morning by suggesting that it took 100-hour weeks to make. So it wasn't this morning. It was whenever this was written on Monday, so on Monday morning, Hmm. that it took 100-hour weeks to make in a new elaborate elaboration to Kotaku, however, Hauser said the quote had been misinterpreted, saying such a workload is not required at the studio. In a feature published yesterday by New York Magazine about the making of Rockstar's ambitious cowboy game, which comes out October 26th, Hauser talked about working, quote, 100-hour weeks, end quote, en route to the complete completion of Red Dead Redemption 2. Here's the full quote. Quote, the polishing, rewrites, and re-edits Rockstar does are immense. That's from the article. Now, quoting... Hauser, we were working 100-hour weeks, end quote, several times in 2018, Dan says. The finished game includes 300,000 animations, 500,000 lines of dialogue, which is insane, and many more lines of code. Even for each Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer and TV commercial, quote, we probably made 70 versions, but the editors may make several hundred. Sam and I will both make both... Oh, they put that twice... Sam and I will both make lots of suggestions, as will other members of the team, end quote. Back to Jason. When asked by Kotaku to elaborate, Rockstar sent over a statement also attributed to Dan Hauser. This is his statement. There seems to be some confusion arising from my interview with Harold Goldberg. The point I was trying to make in the article was related to how the narrative and dialogue in the game was crafted, which was mostly what we talked about, not about the different processes of the wider team. After working on the game for seven years... The senior writing team, with consists of, which consists of four people, Mike Unsworth, Rupert Humphreys, Laszlau, and myself, had, as we always do, three weeks of intense work when we wrapped everything up. Three weeks, not years. We have all worked together for at least 12 years now and feel we need this to get everything finished. After so many years of getting things organized and ready on this project, we needed this to check and finalize everything. More importantly, we obviously don't expect anyone else to work this way. Across the whole company, we have some senior people who work very hard purely because they're passionate about product, project or their particular work, and we believe that passion shows in the games we release. But that additional effort is a choice, and we don't ask or expect anyone to work anything like this. Lots of other senior people work in an entirely different way and are just as productive. I'm just not one of them. No, no one, senior or junior, is ever first forced to work hard. I believe we go to great lengths to run a business that cares about its people and to make the company a great place for them to work. Back to Jason. Rockstar consists not just of Hauser's office in New York City, which also houses the rest of the leadership team, but also of several studios in California, Boston, the UK, and elsewhere across the world. To put things in perspective, a 100-hour week would average out to around 14 hours a day for seven days. The deleterious effects of these kinds of hours have been well-documented. Excessive overtime or crunch has long been a reality in the video game industry, one we've written about extensively. Although some companies have taken strides to reduce or eliminate crunch, many have not, with some top video game creators insisting that the only way to make the best games in the world is to put in extra hours. In fact, some of the world's top game studios like Rockstar, Naughty Dog, and CD Projekt Red are well known for embracing crunch. 
In early 2010, as Rockstar was preparing to release the first Red Dead Redemption, a group of spouses of employees at Rockstar San Diego Studio, which was the lead team on that game and is on the next one, wrote an open letter decrying work conditions at the studio. The claims, which echoed across the video game industry, included 12-hour average workdays, mandatory Saturdays, and the reduction of benefits. That was a mouthful. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the long and short of it is that sucks. Yeah. Or if that's like the the norm. Um, and like there's been some there's been some buzz now on Twitter. People being like, oh, I worked there. And uh, yeah, like, you know, like those hours were normal. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think Jason has tweeted out that he's working on a, a larger piece mm-hmm. about um, Rockstar specifically. So it'll be interesting to see like what ends up happening with that. Yeah. Um, I think this like more than just being a shocking piece because this I mean, we've heard of crunch before mm-hmm. and um, I'm not saying like it's necessarily should be normalized, but it is normalized. We just don't admit it most of the time. I think that this goes back to back when we were talking about telltale closing mm-hmm. and is there a need to protect employees in the video game industry from being uh, abused in this way and via something like a union. And I think like, again, they need to, make that decision mm-hmm. you know but uh, i think the conversation needs to be had yeah and um yeah it's i mean it's it's interesting you know like the the line that gets me just in general <laughs> there's a lot in there dude like yeah there's so you much can dissect, like i read that statement like three or four times whenever you originally like i i first saw it and i was like what you know the line that gets me and this is just i mean this is on another level is is, uh no one senior or junior is ever forced to work hard so what he's saying (laughs) is if you don't work a hundred hour work week you're not working working hard hard. i know and it's like so you're saying that you can't work hard for 40 hours and he like also makes the claim of like other people work differently than that i you know he kind of like does a self-depreciating thing tries to like shrug it off as like yeah but i'm not one of those people i grit my teeth and i actually work hard and it's like whoa dude you and i you and i are not like we like we've worked crazy hours before for for work um and like i've worked 100 hour weeks before uh at previous jobs and it's like it's crazy and it's uh, bad but yeah I and mean, you, as you say previous jobs yeah previous jobs let's just lay that there for there's a, a reason there's a previous job previous jobs um and uh, and so like i'm not i'm not saying like hey you know like whatever i you know i've never done this i've done this mm-hmm. but and to, and to and the whole situation is like sure it happens sometimes but then again like are you normalizing it mm-hmm. is this a normal happening or yeah. is this a like sure, maybe it was maybe you're saying it was three weeks for for you, but well, like what is it on other teams? Yeah, or like the other people who quote unquote work hard, right? Like yeah, what does it look like for them? Yeah, is it something more or less? Well, and he says like some senior people, you know, work, you know, do do the same thing, and it's like, but that's their choice, and it's like, but some others they don't, and like I don't know, like th- that idea, it's like okay, fine, yeah. fine, well, again, but also like there's only a certain amount of time that you can work that way and still like function as a human exactly right it's like at some point it catches up to you and it's like ridiculously unhealthy which is where you get into like back in 20 whenever that was that uh red dead redemption one came out and the, the whole uh uh rockstar spouses thing yeah like you got into that back whole then thing they were where talking it's about like, like 80 hour work weeks right and it's like that's you know it's it's also it's it's a weird thing for like the top of a company right so like the hauser he's like the top of this company yeah 
for him to be like to hold up this thing as like the hundred hour work week badge of honor. I like that's what you know. He's like he's like using it as like a positive thing and not like hey we worked ourselves you know like really hard to put this thing out. It's like it sucked, but it's it's good you know it's good because of it. Yeah. He's like this is the way to do it. You know this right. is the way you come up with the best video games on the planet. Right. Is a hundred hour work weeks and it's like and he's saying but every you know we don't make everybody work hard like that. It's like, I don't know. This is such a, such a weird thing that if that trickles down through the rest of like company culture, it's like, you can see how there would be a need for, oh, for some sure. sort of, well, like, and this is the thing. Like, I think people will forget that video games are a creative endeavor and a creative passion. So yeah. you get people who are passionate about what they do. Yeah. And whenever you, you add a creative element to anything, you become personally invested in it. That's right. And though as an artist, yes, you should divorce yourself from like, the judgment of your work as judgment of yourself, but you also like want to say, I'm going to do my best to complete this because mm-hmm. this is my art. Right. This is my, like, this is my thing. Yeah. And so like you gain some, uh, some ownership over it that I think if it's, if it's a question of does this get done or, or does this get nixed from the game or do I finish this mm-hmm. and it ends up in the game, I would think most artists quote unquote does like let's say creatives would say i want to finish this so it ends up in the game Mm -hmm. and will more than likely volunteer to work those hours to make it happen Mm -hmm. uh because that's like that's the nature of deeply personal work Mm -hmm. and that's what any creative kind of endeavor turns into right and then like you look at it and whenever whenever those potentially like if those creative individuals don't have also control over whatever their timeline is and deadline is where it's like, Hey, this is, you know, I really want to get this done. It's going to take X number of hours. Yeah. And that's what it is. Whenever they don't have control over like, Oh, well it actually needs to take half that amount of time. You know, what happens is like, people are just going to like grit their teeth and put in the double out double work weeks, you know? And like, that's, that's ridiculous and, and yeah. sad, you know? I mean, I and it's like for a time, like sometimes like, I mean, just in general, like some projects, it's like, Oh, this project needs to get done. It needs to be done tomorrow. There's like a pitch, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm going to do it, you know? And it's yeah. like, I accept that on myself for whatever time of period of time that is. Right. It's whenever that becomes like excessive of like, Hey, the company or someone is demanding this of you every week, every week. And it's like, you're, you know, you're going to be, Essentially called like a lazy person, not not working hard yeah. if you don't don't put in that time. I think like um, uh, this will be my podcast for the week. Go listen to uh, po- uh, pod- it's not called podcast; it's just called Unfiltered. Uh, um, Ryan McCaffrey. Ryan McCaffrey does that for IGN, and he talks with different game developers, and it's really cool. It's just like one on one conversations with people. He did one with Ted Price. He's the head of Insomniac Games, and mm-hmm. um, it was really great on multiple levels. I think there was so many great things there. But one of the things they talked about was the fact that they do postmortems on their projects and send out these surveys, and they really like, it seems like, uh, and they have the the reputation of treating their employees right mm-hmm. and um, getting feedback after each project and trying to correct that. So say... For instance, they didn't give this example, but like underneath what he at least proposed that they do, like they someone had to work a hundred hour a week to make it happen. Well, then they would raise that up and say, "This was not cool. I don't want to do this." And they would take steps next time yep. to keep that from happening. Yeah. The the bummer part of what it sounds like it doesn't sound. It sounds like not only is that still a thing at Rockstar after 
Grand Theft Auto Five, mm-hmm. it's gotten worse. It's gone from hey, they're working eighty hour weeks to yeah. hey, we're working hundred hour weeks. Mm-hmm. I was like, good night, man. Like, yeah. okay, like what's what happens next? You know, what's the right. next step? Like, what's where you can't like continue to have an escalation here. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I am you know, I, I'm I I am all for like if someone is passionate, I get what he's saying. If someone's mm-hmm. passionate about something and says, I want to make this happen, mm-hmm. and the only way to make it happen is to do this, mm-hmm. and they do that. Like, how do you, like, I mean, you literally have to say, don't. We're yeah. not going to do it. And so, like, maybe they do need some kind of leadership from the top or maybe leadership to stop greenlighting. Like, let's not allow f- allow feature creep, you know, to uh, – just bloat this project up to a point where we're working all these hours, but right, or maybe you push or whatever it requires. Mm-hmm. But um, I understand what he's what he's getting at, where it's like, hey, you're de- you're you are deeply invested personally and passionate about something, mm-hmm. you are going to get it done. And I mean, I don't, you know, it's it's this tightrope you have to walk. Yeah, well, and I think like it also is like the repercussions for like not doing it. Like you said, it's like, if it's not, if it's going to end up not in the game at all, it's like, Oh, that's a, you know, that's a bummer. But at the same time, like, that's not like the end of the, like that's how much is that worth the world? Yeah, exactly. Is is this worth the hundred hour week you're about to put in? And And maybe sometimes it is largely. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it it is. And if it's worth it to the individual people, if there's like a duration where like, okay, I'll do it to the do, you know, I'll work over the weekend. And if your boss is like, okay, you worked over the weekend, go home on Monday, Tuesday or yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. like take your weekend yeah. now, Hundred percent. you know, and, and like there's a, there's a trade off here, yeah. you know, to, to meet a deadline or to get a whatever. And it's like, oh, well then we get to get to, you know, have a break or that's whenever we, we just swap these days for this days, these hours for these hours. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be included in this, whatever deal they're, they're having. It can't just be a thing of like, no, you work. And then you come back on Monday, no matter what, like, even if you worked Saturday, Sunday. Well, and the thing is like, you know, and and I always, you know, so back in my previous job, whenever I would work, you know, hundred hour weeks or 80 hour weeks, um, I never got through that experience and felt like I was forced to do it. I always knew that in like that I made the choice to do that. Like I could have said no, yeah. I could have quit, you know, like there's always the thing mm-hmm. that you could have done, or at least in my experience, yeah. I'm like I could have, I never blamed, you know, like the, the place I was working for that. Um, but it's, it's the, whenever it's the repetition of that, mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, even if I plan to not make this happen and it ends up happening because of fa- X factors out of my control, that's where it's like, okay, then it's time to leave, yeah. you know, like a place like that. Well, then that's, this, that's, I mean, that's my own personal story. Of, of like, course. Well, these are, this is still happening. It's out of my control because I've done everything I could to make it not happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then it's like, then it's no longer my choice. Yeah. You know? And then it's, it, it becomes a situation where like somebody needs to recognize that, that this unhealthy behavior is happening. Uh, and it's, it's, it's like, oh, well, you know, you're working hundred hour work week that we need to put that a stop. Like you said, like it's literally be like, no, it's not going in the game no matter what. And so you can just stop working on it right now or yeah. like whatever, like whatever it needs to be. Like it, if a and, ridiculously but, but, unhealthy but not, thing not, is happening and, and not a, like hey, this isn't going in the game now. No. Good job. You know, like it's like, <laughs> yeah. this isn't going in the game now because we can't make it happen in a reasonable 
and way. It be, and be healthy for you, you exactly. Know? So yeah, it's it's it's. I feel like if those hours, those hours are just dumped into the 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 ether, where it's like, yeah. oh, this eighty hour work week went unnoticed by everyone, and no one yeah. was like, hey, you need some, you need to chill, you need to take some time off. Well, we need to make sure that doesn't happen again. Well, we need like, to make sure that yeah. doesn't happen on the next game or the next whatever. I also wonder about like they have the the online, so GTA Online, and every few months they've had like a massive like update to that game where it adds new content and new everything like that and so is there an escalation there where it's like okay well is it like the telltale situation where we're crunching like all the time to get episode after episode after episode because there's not like a a three-year cycle anymore it was it was a there's a three-month cycle now on a, a lot of the gta content and here's the thing going back to the union thing and you know me i'm not i'm not wildly pro union at all yeah like I think, you know, like just at its base level, most unions have done their job by this point. But like you think about something like let's compare it to um, the movie industry. And like, yeah, you'll have shoots sometimes where they will spend, you know, all night shooting a scene over and over again. And after shooting something earlier in the day. Yeah. But because of the union regulations, those people are compensated more. They're paid overtime. Mm-hmm. You know, there are night, you know, there are different like scales for is this is this night work? Is this overtime? Is mm-hmm. this you know like if so, then this is true. And movies factor that into their budgets if they know like, hey, we need to do this night scene. It's necessary for the end product. Yeah, we only have this th- like this location for for this many hours, and we have to get these things done right. in this time. Or even like studio sessions, you know, like musicians that, that, you know, they are paid according to a scale. If you go like under certain conditions or certain times, Mm -hmm. like they get paid more money based upon those different factors. Like literally the the phrase is 10 and a two. So you have two sessions per day. That's a 10 o'clock session and a two o'clock session. You break for an hour at one. And it's like, if you go outside of those parameters, like of whatever those two sessions are, like you pay a certain amount per hour per, per whatever, per even like down to the minute sometimes if it's like an orchestra or whatever yeah where it's like oh well we really need to do another take of this song that's going to take four minutes that puts us four minutes overtime for the for the whatever do we got to do you know it's going to cost yeah. us x number of dollars per for those four minutes right and in that sense like maybe you know like in that sense it's still not necessarily like the crew's call to make that decision to do a night shoot mm-hmm. or to play another song mm-hmm. that's going to put you four hours over your two sessions. Maybe you could like, and you don't want to get up and walk out, but at least you're being compensated fairly for it. Right. You know, like there are, there is a, uh, not a benefit, but it's compensation. Like yeah. we're saying, Hey, like this is what it's worth to us collectively mm-hmm. to yeah. do this extra work mm-hmm. or work these weird hours or X, yeah. X, X, you know, like, then we're going to get paid that and then it makes it okay. Most of the time, like whenever I've been in a session and they're going to take it like over like the four minutes, like especially like with orchestras, because it's like, this is the only, like we've booked these, like yeah. these, these hundred people in this room and we need another four minutes, you yeah. know? And it's like, most of the time they will okay it with everybody where they'll be like, so we're going to go over four minutes uh, or so. Uh, everybody okay? And if they're okay, let's hit record. Let's go. You know, it's yeah. like and somebody could get up and be like, "Nah, I'm not okay with it." They get up and leave. Yeah, it's but like, it's like, well, but it's like, hey, this is overtime. This is money. You know, right. for four minutes, you make you know twice the amount of money. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay for the for four minutes exactly. tomorrow. So what if so what if in this scenario, if if the game industry was to unionize, sure, as a studio, if you want to build crunch into your schedule, 
You can build crunch into your schedule, but it's going to cost you. Yeah. And you're going to pay these people way more yeah. every single time you do it. And you'd be like, this is going to take an extra, like, it's going to take, like, two weeks of a, you know, 60-hour work week, you know, or yeah. whatever. And it's like, well, for those last 10 hours, we're going to make, like, twice as much as we would have made in those two weeks. Like, anyway, I'm down. You because know, it's I like, think, I can like, sign on. That's one of the arguments against it, mm -hmm. is that, well... Or if you're not okay with it, you go, hey, I'm out. Is, is that like even unionizing wouldn't get rid of crunch? Like, no, it wouldn't probably wouldn't. You're right. Yeah. Because creative, uh, a lot of, a lot of times creative endeavors all like at the last second, that's where like, that's where you're, you're doing that last 10%. You put just yeah. as much effort in that 10% as you did in the other 90, yeah. you know? And that's when you're doing the polishing and doing everything like, okay, you're up against a deadline. And, um, maybe as a studio, you're saying we need that time but you better build that into your compensation package and you better mm -hmm. build, build that into your plan mm -hmm. because you're going to end up paying way more for it and compensating people fairly for it. And maybe mm -hmm. it isn't necessarily monetary uh, things. Maybe it is overtime or whatever it is. Yeah. But I think those protections need to be there. Yeah. Like if I was, if, if, Again, we are other than consumers, we're pretty and commentators, we're pretty far removed from the video game industry. But from the outside in mm -hmm. and looking at other examples mm -hmm. uh, in creative spaces mm -hmm. where unions have helped uh, protect mm -hmm. the people creating these products, mm -hmm. it, it seems that the upside in the current climate mm -hmm. and situations that they're facing would outweigh the potential negatives of unionizing the video game industry. Yeah. And I think like the, the biggest argument that I've seen for people being, you know, throwing up roadblocks to like a, a unionization option is like, yeah, but it's so complicated. It's like, there's, there's artists and there's these things and there's these things. And so like, how do you compensate them all? I'm like, well, are movies more complicated than that? Because right. there's key grips, there's the best, best boys. There's the, you know, it's like, is music more complicated than that? Because again, you have orchestras, you have hundred piece, you know, piece orchestras, you have, you know, a small down to like a single soloist or like whatever, like there are just as complex kind of things going on in these other industries that you can work this out. Yeah. It's like, it'll take a lot of time. It could take some effort, but it's like you. Well, and they're it, already doing it. Like the voice actors are part of SAG and yeah. they're already like, you know, dealing with union regulations there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even in uh, even in Rockstar, okay. So on this game specifically, all of that dialogue, I think they've said it was seven hundred different like voice actors yeah. over the over like from you know the U.S. and the U.K. like wherever, and it's like okay, we're well, already dealing with a union for seven hundred you know people there. It's right. like what what's what's figuring out like a union for for the rest of these? Yeah. Well, and the other and the, like and and the other thing is like there may not even be a union if you. Just threat. It's like say they don't want there to be a union. Then treat your employees better. Yeah. Then give them contracts that actually protect them, yep. and then actually protect them. Yeah, and then actually like, like create a company and don't be doing the whole like if people you know we don't force anyone to work, work hard. hard. Like what's who what <laughs> business leader says that? Well, I mean, and they sent it like he said it's supposedly from from him, like it's signed by him, but it's like it was so it was via text, like so someone not only oh, sure, wrote this, yeah. but like well, he, it's he, on paper, like read it back, and uh, it's yeah. like this is. Well, and and that's the thing, like you know, to to the normal, like okay, working. I mean, yeah, you should. The the dumb thing is, you should expect everyone to work to hard. To work hard, yeah. 
Okay, but not by the definition of working hard as 100-hour weeks. Being 100-hour week, yeah. It's like, it's like okay, well, well, now we're skewed in two different ways. Yeah. It's you like, know? Are, that's why I say like every single phrase in there, I'm like, what, is, what are you, what is you saying what, what, here? What, what's, what is actually being said? What's the underlying subtext? The other side of this is like if he's, you know, if he's an upper, upper level dude, you know, he's in the New York office for 100-hour weeks for three weeks, right? Yeah. If this is like the one of a, like a handful of people who is the head of this company, anytime that person is in the office in New York, if I work in that office, I'm there. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm uh, not leaving without, without and like, and that's the other side of it. And like, you know, like again, it's, it's just like, and we've, we've referenced it along, all along the way of creating this expectation that working hard means hundred hour weeks. And mm-hmm. so like, if you're not working hard, then normally you fire people who aren't working hard. If you have an employee that's not working hard, why would you keep them around? Yeah, not meeting their deadlines. But then if working hard means that, and you've created this this expectation, or you've said publicly in a press release yep. that working hard <laughs> means 100-hour weeks, yeah. then why? Then how in the world could me as a you know d- level designer yeah. or a uh, dialogue writer mm-hmm. or environmentalist designer mm-hmm. like how could i be like well i'm i guess i'm not gonna work hard this week <laughs> yeah i guess, I guess I, like those other i'm like, gonna be a slacker yeah even if you only did like a month of hun- you know gosh, I, I even like hesitate to say like 100 hours a week bro yeah that is that is absurd yeah and again but like, like even if even if you only did that for like one week or whatever so i guess the other like 50 weeks in the year i was not working hard you know it's well, like, sure, well, that's yeah. not that's and, not but, but that's the thing and again we go back to it was like one week out of the year or something like that, doing a hundred hour a week for something that you're passionate about. Sure. It's like, well, that's a nightmare week. That's a nightmare week. And you can get through anything. Yeah. Literally, you know, like there is an end to everything (laughs) and you can get through it. But it's like, should you, should that be the expectation? Like it sounds like it is. And we're just kind of talking in circles now. Yeah. But you know, we're saying the same thing over and over again. Um, Yeah. It would be interesting to see the repercussions of this Jason Schreier's article that's inevitably going to come out yeah, uh, or be in his next book or whatever ends up being. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is just like, it's, it's funny how like these kind of punches keep coming where it's like, man, like if you guys want things to get better, mm-hmm. like you're going to have to take things into your own hands, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously the companies you are working for are not looking out for your best interests. That being said, I don't know the stories, individual stories of these people. Maybe they are compensating these people or giving them off days. Like we haven't heard. Again, we'll have to wait for Jason Schreier's I, article. I guarantee you, though, that it's company to company, and maybe oh, even maybe even studio to studio within those companies. And, and like, largely, you know, and, and I'm kind of okay with that because it's like in a in a environment where uh, you have co- like good companies or bad companies to work for. Well, like more likely than not those bad companies aren't going to be around for that long because people are going to jump ship. You would hope that that's how it would work. Exactly. Like, that, that, but, that's but, how... but again, you have to like, you know, is this rampant? Is this something where everyone across the industry, you can't go anywhere and work there without this being the expectation? Right. That's where it comes down to, well, you guys need to collectively figure this out mm-hmm. because this is a widespread problem and the only exception to the rules is insomniac well, or whatever it is. Well, you know what I, mean? I, I also think about like the number of people who want to break into certain industries, like the number of people who, who will do literally anything to break into X industry. Like yeah. there are, there are, you know, in, in creative endeavors, like you said, you take ownership and, uh, and there are, so if you 
if you quit your job because it's like I, I don't want to work that those hours, like that's that's ridiculous. You can't expect people to work that many hours. There potentially could be somebody coming right out of college. It's like let's fill that position immediately, and so you have this whole like just churn of yeah. of people that are not being treated correctly. Yeah. Um, in all of these companies, you know, so it's like because yeah, right behind sure. you, there's somebody that will take that lower pay that, to work those hundred hours. It's yeah, like, and I've seen oh that. My gosh. I've seen that argument as well, and it's definitely like it's definitely legitimate. Where it's like, you know, are you lo- losing like highly skilled people to uh, crunch? And and again, like comes down to like as a company, you need to say either that's worth it to you or not. Like either you're you are okay with burning these people out. And never getting them back and losing them as employees or you're not. And that's where it comes down to, like, then, again, do you work for that company? Is this widespread? Do you need to unionize to collectively figure it out? It all comes back to that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it all comes back to how, I mean, and again, because I'm not in it day to day. I'm not talking to those people day day to day. I don't know how necessarily how wise. Could I, can you quit Rockstar and go down the street, you know, to Ubisoft and have a better, get a better deal or not? Mm. And, you know, so I don't know. Like, again, if you are in the video game industry and you're listening to this podcast, take ownership of your life and take some initiative and figure those things out. Don't be a victim. Be a be proactive in in the solution. Yeah. I mean, I, I find it fascinating. It's like this is another hit and another checkbox in the probably, you know, union, you know, yeah. probably need to unionize. Could be solved by union, yes. <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, so like... The more checkboxes you see in this, and I, I, again, I'm I'm glad that like publicly, there's lots of things that are happening now where it's like, okay, this appears to be from the outside kind of looking in, this appears to be a problem, yeah. And it's like enough checkboxes get filled over here. It's like something's gonna happen. Yeah. So just kind of seeing that trickle yeah. uh, forward, like that slow moving like progression, is is interesting and will be fascinating to watch over the next like couple of years. Yeah. So. Man, that was long. Um, and that's not even the last news. Didn't you have a piece of news or no? Was that it? I think that was it. Okay, I have one more piece of news. Okay. Um, and I'll be really brief. So First Man is out. Ooh. It's Damien Chazelle's movie about Apollo 11 starring Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. And it uh, looks fantastic. It had all the uh, lunar sequences were shot on IMAX film, but you cannot view it on IMAX 70 millimeter film anywhere. What? The only way you could actually see it in the full, you know, basically four by three perspective is if you see it at a IMAX laser projected theater, of which there are only, let's see here, I have the list here. Um, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and the 12. 12, and, and one of them, you yeah, know, an entire US. And one of them is the uh, Chinese theater IMAX in Hollywood, California, uh, except for that one's not actually 4x3. It cuts it off. Like at, so it's, uh, it's laser, but it's not 4x3. It's laser, but not 4x3. So like we also have like those situations. Oh, yeah, you, well, you have like, those. Oh, you have all these. I mean, IMAX has diluted their brand, or we've talked about this multiple yeah, times, that's right. where you have basically a normal size screen, and they're calling it IMAX, mm-hmm. and I don't know how in the world they're doing that. It's just the projector mm-hmm. and the sound. Yeah. And... Um, oh, that frustrates me a little bit because I wanted to. I wanted to maybe see that here like, in town. This, like we have a big yeah. hundred foot screen or whatever here in Nashville, and uh, because we don't have a laser projector, yeah, we film. Well, we have they have digital or film, mm-hmm. but they're not putting it on film, 
So we just get the regular digital version. The cost of putting it on film must be just ridiculous. Yeah. Sure, and I think that's the different. Like that, uh, I was reading an article that was talking about, you know, like, well, why wouldn't this be on seventy millimeter when things like Dunkirk and and The Dark Knight and like, well, that's, Nolan it's goes, Christopher Nolan, yeah. and people will go to see Christopher Nolan because it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Christopher Nolan is a bit of a, a bit of a rock star yeah, in they, that. They in know that world. they're going to make their money back, even though like they're producing all this film it's also fascinating to me like I, I think like nolan would still probably go at some personal cost to be like oh i'm gonna go at a risk here in order to like you know create these reels yeah. and and but like yeah he's like a bit of a rock star in this case it's like this is a, a movie that i really want to see but it's not i don't necessarily want to see it because it's like a certain director or because yeah. it's like oh man yeah i mean and you know, you look at something that did like it wasn't IMAX. Uh, it wasn't shot in IMAX format, but um, uh, the Hateful Eight was shot in seventy millimeter, and they did a seventy millimeter run of that in normal theaters because you don't need the extra like real estate on mm. the screen because it's not shot in IMAX format. Mm -hmm. um, it was, uh, and so you, you, that's an extra. That's fine as an investment because you're not. It's not this huge platter. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It ends up being projected. You know, um, on. Uh, I guess it would be a huge platter. It would be well, a huge platter. A huge platter is just displayed differently. Yeah. Anyway, you know, you see seven millimeter also, run of that. But, but it's also that's also and a higher price point. We paid we paid a lot of money. We paid like thirty bucks per ticket for that. And they know that some like people will do that because of the director. Again. Yeah, yeah. Like it's you know Tarantino. Yeah, it's it's like people will pay to see that movie in that format. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Bummer, man. It's a bummer. Oh well. IMAX. I want the laser projection now. I know, right? Well, it's like for that to only be in eleven places, it's like, wow, that's that kind of in is the a, U.S. That that's is insane. A, that is a bummer. The nearest place um, is Branson, Missouri. It's like nine hours away. <laughs> if you're in Branson, go see this. Exactly. Hey, well, let me read off the list. Yeah. If you're in these places, go see First Man on seventy millimeter IMAX. Film only projected in digital uh, laser laser with, with freaking lasers. Uh, the TLC Chinese Theater IMAX Hollywood California, although it's not going to be full like four by three. Bummer. Uh, AMC Universal City Walk Stadium nineteen and IMAX Universal City California. Mm -hmm. AMC Metreon in San Francisco California. Nice. AMC Lincoln Square thirteen and IMAX New York New York. IMAX The Bullock Texas State History Museum Austin Texas. Branson's IMAX Entertainment Complex in Branson, Missouri. Navy Pier IMAX at AMC, Chicago, Illinois. Sunbrella IMAX 3D. Might as well go to Chicago. Yeah, I was about to say. Like, it's closer than Branson. Chicago, dude. Uh, Sunbrella IMAX 3D Theater Reading. Reading, Massachusetts. Reading, Massachusetts. Probably Reading, yeah. yeah. Lockheed Martin IMAX National Air and Space Museum, Washington, D.C. Airbus IMAX Stephen F. Udver Hazy Center. Chantilly, Virginia. That sounds like a, a science center of some sort. Auto Nation IMAX Museum of Discovery and Science, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That's the thing. Some of these are probably science centers with the dome yeah, production. Yeah. And Boeing IMAX Pacific Center, Pacific Science Center, there Seattle, Washington. Yeah. So be careful because some of these may not actually be uh, the full like uh, square frame, and they also might not be. No, um, only, only, the only one that's not is uh, TLC. Okay. Chinese theaters. So then the other ones might uh, in fact be uh, domes. Like, just be know. careful if it's per being projected on at a science center because it could just be like, oh, this is like curved around. So I don't know. I don't know that for sure though. I still remember whenever we saw um, uh, Force Awakens. I know. I'll never forget that. That, that was so, amazing. Such a good trip. Such a fun trip. Yeah. It was on. It was. We, that was the only time we saw that on film. On actual film, yeah. 70 millimeter film. And it was gorgeous. It was great. Yeah. 
It was in a dome, though. It was, in fact, in a dome. It wasn't the worst. We had the best seats possible in no. that dome. Yeah, it wasn't the worst, but it also wasn't comfortable. No, because you were like sort of leaning back and stuff. I was expecting it to be more comfortable than that. Yeah, yeah. The and why not just lay us down? Yeah, but like we were just sitting in normal seats looking up. Yeah, it was mm. real, real mm. weird. I kind of hoped that the whole room would tip or something, you know, just. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What I, <laughs> I don't really know. Expected. I don't know. <laughs> We went there specifically for for the dome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the film. The film. The film yeah. was why I was there, you know. Yeah. What was what was awesome was we actually got to watch them reel up the I know. reel. That well, was really cool. It's what what I didn't realize that I think is really interesting that because the and they're not gonna rewind the huge platter, you mm-hmm. know, obviously it's like, well, let's just start from the other side. You know, it's like yeah. either, it either comes from the outside or the inside based on like where it ended up last. Yep. That's crazy. Super cool, man. Um that's the news. Holy cow, Chris. This we episode. are 70 minutes into this episode right now. This Can't is how long it. last week's episode was in the first place. I'm real thirsty Total. right now. Hey, you want to get some water? Yeah, we should get some water. All right, we'll get some water. It's good water, John. That's, I mean, and a Kit Kat, That, that may have been the shortest, like, segment that we've ever had on the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there might be, like, two seconds? Yeah. The water segment. The water segment. Water segment. Water break. It's a water break. We I should do that. It. We should do that. Water break, and then water just break. talk about... Shoot the breeze around the water. Talk about water cooler topics. Water I mean, I feel like shows. that was the entirety of the, uh, the, the first, first part, part yeah. of this podcast. You know? Yeah. The first 20 minutes of the podcast. All right. So we are reviewing Forza Horizon 4. We've already talked a lot about the music, so we That's will right. not talk about that again. That's right. Um, Suffice it to say, it's fantastic music. Yes. I have Shazammed and like gotten oh, man. those playlists of so many songs. Oh yeah. Like I literally sit there with Shazam open and I'm in the middle of a race and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have to like Shazam <laughs> this while driving. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, what I kind of want to dig into is um, what's different from Forza Horizon 3 for a second before okay. we move on. Um, so I think the biggest things, if you've played Forza Horizon, and you'll have to tell me, like, I, so I have Forza Horizon 2, but I only recently bought it whenever yep. um, it was going to go away. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you'll have to tell me if these things were there, but Bucket bucket list challenges always been there. Okay, those are gone now. Yeah, those have been turned into actually a more robust system where they're not just like places on the map where you do like random things. Yeah, it, and it usually involves like race or destination or go through a speed trap or like actually I don't know if there's speed trap uh, uh, bucket there, list challenges. There, there was, was usually a couple. Right there, and there was drift challenges and all this kind of stuff. It usually would hone in on um, a specific vehicle, and that's what like this game is is always been about, and it still is to yeah. this point. It's like it's it's all about the cars, and it's all about like, hey, this car handles this way, or we've souped up this car, and it feels like this yeah. now, and and just like it'll go through like classic things, like where they would take like the world's fastest car and be like, oh, we'll go drive this thing at a ridiculous speed on the straightaway on the map, and so they would create these moments around the vehicle that you would be in for the bucket list items which again those are kind of uh, moved over to these like story things there's like four different um, story campaigns almost with 10 missions each um, that you can play and they have to do with like there's the drift club one um, which is all about drifting in, in various powerful vehicles there's the uh, the movie set one which is really diverse um, everything from like a big jump it's all about stunts yeah it's all about stunts so like a big jump or even like they, they basically drive you to the stunt beforehand too so like you have some moments where it's like oh don't damage this vehicle before you get to the stunt yeah, yeah. 
which can be somewhat frustrating, um, not damaging a vehicle uh, as it's going like 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, and then you have uh, the the speed. Uh, it's it's basically it's the world's fastest car rentals, and so it's this storyline about hey, we're we're opening up a, a rental agency that has the world's fastest cars, but you get to like drive them first to show off what they can do. Yeah. And uh, those are all about like, hey, go a certain speed and get to a certain destination in a certain time period. And then the other one is, is more of a random one um, of, of recreating video game uh, franchises, like the, the games that essentially inspired games like Forza Horizon 4. Um, and they recreate kind of moments at, that they can from those games within Forza Horizon 4. So like something like um, Smuggler's Run, they had like this buggy that you're running around in with all this smoke piling off of the off of the ground that you're you're trashing through these trees and stuff and if you get to a destination in a certain period of time so um and I, th- I think they're a cool addition but i do kind of miss the bucket list yeah like I, I would say overall just as i like as we start walking through kind of the differences is like overall the difference between forza horizon 3 and 4 i think you, we lost a lot of the variety of both challenges and locations environments that type of thing yeah because uh, the australia setting had a lot of extremes um had like the jungle where you would go right from the jungle into the uh the desert like with the dunes and things and and so like that that kind of transition is more subtle now where it's like oh i'm up in the mountains and there's more hills here and more off-road here and uh more pine trees here but if I go over there, it's like the the more most drastically different that I can get is a beach, and it's a relatively like small like strip of sand. Yeah, I mean, like I do want to say, like overall, I feel like the map and the location is a better location in terms of like the way that it's been designed. Mm-hmm. But the variety of locations is just not there. So like, yeah, yeah, like you could go anywhere from the dunes to. Um, the ocean, you know, to in the city and town. And like, again, th- they have cities and towns and I think these are better cities and towns mm-hmm. than the towns. Like if I was going to like, if I was going to identify one huge problem with the map design of Forza Horizon 3 was that it was not easy to get from place to place. No, and what it felt like was distinct locations with connecting roads. And so, like, you would be like, hey, here's the the desert biome, but, like, to get to the desert biome, you have to kind of, like, get, like, there are only limited routes. Right. It almost felt well, like it was, didn't have the connective tissue well, that the, this like, one has. Yeah, like, they were all walled off, basically. So, like, there's this huge mountain in the middle of the map that you had to go around on either side. Like, why is that there? No clue. Uh, if you're going from like the the uh, dunes to the city on the top of the map, you can't just head for the city because there's this giant brick wall yeah. running lo- like a With long ways houses alongside, or whatever alongside the uh, the town. Why? Don't know. There are still some brick walls in this that like around the town that are just like this is stupid. Um, don't know why it's there. That's terrible level design in my opinion with a car game. Uh, whenever they incentivize you in some this is what's frustrating. They incentivize you in some situations to beeline straight across uh, just open, not even open, wooded areas, mm-hmm. just like the, the, the ground, to go off-road and go straight for a marker. But then in some areas, they make it impossible to do that. Mm-hmm. That's, 
is it one way or is it the other way? That's yeah. and it's like, and when, where do I do it? You just have to like learn that by making a mistake. That's right. frustrating. Yeah, it is. And in, and the only thing like I will say about that is like it's gotten progressively better over time. Like Forza Horizon Two didn't have any of the uh, like, hey, let me just jump into this like field all like no matter what. It would You're have like it would have like big uh, bars and it would have like fields that you could drive into, but they were like. They were all like semi walled off, like any brick cobblestone wall, like you couldn't drive through it. And mm-hmm. so it was like, okay, I just learned via that game, I can't drive through that wall. And it's like whenever you could go into a field, it's because, oh, well, that's that's the type of fence I can drive through. Yeah. And you would just drive through that. And so like there were, it was just kind of arbitrary, re- like, oh, that field I can drive into, that field I can't. Forza Horizon 3 eliminated that a little bit more. This one takes that down even more. Yeah. And, uh, and the only place that's really present is in the city. And that's the part of this, you know, just like, okay. Yeah frustrating but like i think all the locations are better locations um i just miss and i think some of it has, is due to map size they compensated for a smaller map size with um seasons mm-hmm. and the seasonality and i think like while i like the seasons i kind of feel like well like right now it's been winter for like this whole week mm-hmm. i'm really tired of winter you know, I mm. I'm ready for a different. I was ready for winter whenever, uh, or whenever we were at the end of fall. Like it sure. was like, you know, hey, I, I'm doing a lot of stuff here and the same kind of environment. I wish that I could hit like a a, a winter race, or I wish I could hit a summer race. Yeah. I just want, I like, I, I kind of, you know, want, I want the ability to jump into the the snow if I want to, but to go somewhere else if I don't want it. Like and, for instance, like the like there are some challenges with the. Uh, um the stories and there's like that require like you need some traction <laughs> yeah but you're on snow covered roads so yeah. like i'm i'm sitting here waiting until the spring mm-hmm. to n- not the little spring but the spring in the game to complete those challenges yeah. because Next week. i cannot drive on them currently yeah. i mean and then there's some drift things that i've been doing where i'm like oh it's better to do yeah. this in in the in the snow you know definitely um and so like it's it's fascinating i think think that's an interesting choice i also think a week for each each thing depending on how much you play it might be too much or it might not be enough like if i was like oh man you know i wanted to get it get into the winter one time yeah. and then i couldn't in a week it'd be bummer because yeah. like then i gotta wait, gotta wait an entire month. month to come around and i think that's the main conceit that i find odd about the game and that we've taken a game that um back you know it, it just was what it was like oh the open world and the functions of the way that works it's all way better this time around like joining on friends that's all way better but the idea that it's one season and then you jump to the next season and jump to the next season like that feels like an arbitrary way to stretch out how long people are playing the game well, it almost feels like, hey, we want to keep people subscribed to Game Pass, and so we want to create a game that is a living, breathing thing. Yeah. I'm Whereas, not... like with the first game, it's not. I don't necessarily view it as like a negative, but it's like, hey, the 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 way that this is designed is, I can't experience the entire game within two weeks if I just want to like play it for however many hours, like you know. Yeah, and I don't think that's why they did it. Like they, like whenever they, I was listening to an interview with them. Um, I think on podcast unlocked and like they did it because of the smaller map size, like, mm. and because it's England, it's like you don't have all these different areas in the first place. And so how do you get variety within the map while you create these seasons? And I like that. Like, yeah, I I, I like the idea around it, and I agree with you. Like, as because I'm playing it every single day, I I'm I'm bored of it right now. I'm bored of the snow, 
But like if I was picking it up or maybe I only had like time to play it twice a week. Like once on the weekend. Maybe that's not not enough, you know? So uh, I think that they have solved that though. Like for me, like even though I am um, tired of it, of the snow, like until last night, I, cause I just, no, actually tonight I'll probably when I go home or if it's still, it might actually be too late. Um, The, uh, there is a, uh, there have been seasonal challenges. Mm -hmm. So, that's right. There are these different championships that are only available in the season. There's barn finds that are specific to the season. There mm-hmm. are uh, stunt challenges, you know, uh, ramps that are specific to the season. And so, like those, actually, I, I like I like that. It, ha- yeah. it keeps me number one. It keeps me coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, it also like gives me something to do that's specific to that season. That I'm like, okay, I need to do this now. Yeah. So it, that stretches out the content, not in a like it needs to be stretched way, but like it provides more variety. And like and and part of it is like you know I have the version with the James Bond car pack and so yeah. they have that whole challenge which is really cool yeah that they're dripping out every single season um, so I think like those challenges seasonal challenges like make the season uh, like it gives me a reason for the season yeah <laughs> and it gives me a reason to like you know come back and do stuff specifically in the winter and not just wait because I'm bored. Till the fall. That's a really good point. Like even like last week before the time change, like before it changed to the winter season, there was one championship that I didn't get a chance to do. And the championships and and events that they put like out that are seasonal, um, that are just like, Hey, this is, this is the, an autumn, uh, championship series. Those are geared specifically for that season. So like Mm -hmm. the cars that they have you pick and the classes that they have you do, like they've curated those things what races are selected and and that sort of thing they're curated in such a way that they feel perfect like whenever i got into the uh the sport utility heroes uh championship that's when i went and i was like okay i want to make a point to go and do that one because these other championships in autumn were so good and i was like but the season changes tomorrow i need to go ahead and just do this and so like i went and i did it uh before the season like i think it was a couple hours before the uh the season changed and it was fantastic it was amazing but it was a reason for me to go and be like i'm going to make a point to play that game tonight because yeah. i want to do that championship well and the other thing that i i really like about it is uh it provides you a clear cut path to a forza edition car yeah and so like the forza edition cars provide some kind of boost. So it's, it's either a skills boost or it could be a drift boost, grip, uh, credits, that type of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, in Forza Horizon 3, you're either, you need to get them off the, from the auction house or you just like randomly uh, get them in a wheel spin or something like that. And well, that's fine. I actually, like, I, I would rather have, like, if you do X, you get a Forza Edition car. Mm-hmm. And so every single season, there's a new Forza Edition car available with, a different, basically a different kind of currency that you're earning for doing the season specific challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I loathe different currencies in games, <laughs> a la destiny, I actually like it here where it's like, this is giving me a way to mm-hmm. buy the best cars in the game. And, and by best, I define best as, um, the most, like it gives you a reason to drive the car and they're fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not like the highest price cars. Right. Uh, and because you can't buy these, you can't go to the store and buy these. You either yeah. have to get them from the auction house or you, uh, buy them seasonally. Mm-hmm. And I like that, like direct way to get these cars, 
uh, is by doing this thing. Yeah, and that was something they introduced. The, the Forza Edition cars, like they introduced that in um, Forza Horizon 3. And the thing I love about a lot of those, and, and it transfers over to this as well, is like they take those cars and they say, hey, this one has a drift boost. And you, you pick it up and then you go and you try to drift in it. It's like the best car to drift in. Yeah. Because they've got it like set up and tuned the way that it should be tuned, like that they feel like it should be tuned to drift. Or yeah. it's like, hey, this is a speed boost. And it's like, this has got a body kit on it that makes it go super fast, you know? Yeah. So like those those elements of um, direction where it's like, this car is intended for this. It, to, to someone who's not necessarily like a car person, um, to go in there, like that's a good way to look at Just look at the Forza editions and go, hey, I want to do an off-road. Yeah. And it's like you look for one that's like, hey, this is, you know, this one does destruction skills best, right? And it's like, oh, that means that I'm just going to go like whipping around through these fields and destroying all the the trees and stuff and knocking everything down. So like you just look for these Forza editions that have to do with the thing that you want to do. Yeah. I also feel like this game has a better campaign than uh, Forza Horizon 3 in the sense that First, you go through all four seasons, and it's based on influence level, which has replaced what was fans before mm-hmm. you were gaining fans. Now you're gaining influence mm-hmm. in the social media age, and uh, that's how you progress through your levels. Um, but not only do you progress through each season, and then at the end of each season, you have a showcase event. Then you have the um, what has replaced the... Uh, bucket list. The bucket list. Mm-hmm. You have the the stories, and so you have four of those, right? Yes. And so the, those help continue the campaign because you're now like, you know, you are, you you make it through there. Now you're known, you know, like in the movie industry, and you're getting better and better jobs. Or you like mm-hmm. open this rental shop, and like you're now you're making money off of it. So it's kind of yeah. like, okay, this is a, you know, it's serving a purpose. Why you did this? Then. Once you do enough, for instance, street races or road, dirt, um, there's a fourth one, isn't there? Cross country. Cross country, yeah, whatever it is. Whatever the things, I don't know if it's cross country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. There there are three different races. Because it's the mixed, it's like it's both off-road and uh What's on-road. the race for it, though? Uh, oh, the final race? Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to say. There's different, there's, there's, so... You've you've got the showcases, then you have your campaigns that serve a purpose, your your uh, stories that serve a purpose, and then once you reach level ten, after doing, for instance, all street races, you have your like Goliath race, mm-hmm. um, and it's just a big long race. And like in Forza Horizon three, there was only one of those, mm-hmm. but now there's the Goliath, there's the Titan, there's the something else. I know that I've unlocked three so far. Yeah, 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 and. Uh, those are like three giant races for progressing and doing these other races. Yeah. And so like they, it's a, they've done a really good job of m- making the story and your journey a lot clearer and a lot less like, well, I'm past the story. What am I doing now? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like you can hop on and either do a seasonal thing that helps you, you know, get a car that you want or you do something that progresses your story that mm-hmm. will eventually – you know, maybe bring get you some money or something like that, yeah. or you uh, are working toward unlocking these giant Goliath and you know Titan races. Um, it's uh, it's it's different than Forza Horizon Three. I do miss, however, the progression that we saw 
and Forza Horizon 3 and unlocking different festivals across the map. Mm-hmm. And I again, it's because the map is so small, they kind of get past, like, so you could fast travel to the festivals. Well, they get past that by making houses that you can buy and fast travel there. And that's where your home base will be, where you'll respawn when you come back in, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, that takes the place that of that function of the festivals. But, and, but I miss, like, hey. The party. I'm, I'm doing, yeah, the party. But, like, basically, like, hey, there's a reason to do races in this region mm-hmm. so that I can then upgrade this festival. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I need to go find ones I haven't done before. I get that. So that I can, you know, get extra points, you know, for this. I get that. Like in, in specific areas. Yeah. Of and, the map and, and, and like in the, the process around that was kind of clunky and annoying, you know, it was just like it take forever every single time where sometimes you'd be locked out of any event until you go upgrade a festival. And it's yeah. Like, well, that's annoying, yeah. you know? Um, and so it had its flaws, but I, I do, I do get the idea of like, Hey, I'm leveling something up. Yeah, like it where you a sense of progression. Yeah. Whereas like, as it is, like I, some changes that you do level up, you can level up every single car. Like that's another thing that has changed. Like the skill points, like as you do a certain number of like tricks and do speed skills and do like your, yeah. your big jumps and things like that, you'll get skill points unlocked and, uh, you can spend those on any car you want. And so like if, uh, that'll give you certain perks with each car where it's like, Oh, you'll get a certain boost on uh speed skills or you'll get a there's the the ultimate one on every car is you can hit something and it won't break your uh your chain Mm -hmm. your skill chain um and so that's very gamey in that sense but like i agree like leveling up those uh those festivals felt very gamey video gamey and as as somebody who loves that it's like that yeah that's awesome like whenever you can level anything up like just give me things to level up yeah uh, yeah, give me things to level up and give me things to uh, collect. And I think they've done that actually really, really well this time. Oh, so, like, yeah. You know, not only are there cars and horns like there were last time mm-hmm. and, and money, but now you have uh, cosmetic items for your avatar. Yeah, which so, originally, like, whenever before this game came out, I was like, why would you ever want to change your outfit? You barely see your character. But, but you the, do. Yeah. The way that they've worked out the like pre-race and post-race, you see your character doing emotes, and so it's like you can have a dance beforehand, like to show off. It's like called the showboat, where it's like, oh, I'm in your face, I'm showboating out here. Yeah. And then, or if, if you win the race, it's like an even you know you can select a different emote, and yeah. so it's uh yeah that's those are those are really cool elements. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so like the collector in me, you're just like, well, I just want everything now. Like I just mm-hmm. got the achievement I think last night of like uh, collect your hundredth. Uh, 100 uh clothing items oh man and uh and and i'm not even like halfway through any of them that's you know? amazing and so it's uh the collector in me is like i just want to keep going just for that you know i'm just like i just need to i need all the things yeah and I, these games have always had notoriously like time consuming and, and not necessarily difficult but just time consuming uh achievements as well yeah and so like this there are certain things like oh you know every house like there are certain houses that are like 25 million dollars and it's like i haven't per- like won yeah. 25 million dollars uh in my winnings at all anyway so i don't know when i'm going to be able to afford that house yeah so i mean like it's like for the person who like wants to play these games and like only plays racing games or whatever yeah. like this is a great one to to pick up because it's so so full of content. Well, and I think like the downside of some, of a map as big as Forza Horizon Three was like things like uh, uh, driving on every road took forever to even get close to doing. Mm. Um, and I just actually completed that last night. And nice. granted, I'm, granted, I'm thirty hours in. Yeah, but still, yeah. Um, I've been doing a lot of racing and like and not a lot of like just driving around the map. Whereas yeah. 
and Forza Horizon 3, you would. But and you'd have to do like the cleanup thing I mean, it was, in that game. It was years later that I, you know, I think I feel like it was over a year later that I actually finished driving on every single road and got that achievement on Forza Horizon 3. And like I'm to the point now where I'm like, okay, well, I've driven on every road and I definitely have unlocked every, you know, fast travel board and, um, Whatever else they're called, fast travel and uh, uh, in, I mean they're influence, but influence yeah. boards, yeah. And so I'm gonna you know buy the map for that and then collect all those, mm-hmm. you know. So like I don't know, they've there are it's, there are some some trade offs we've made, mm-hmm. and um, there are some things that are like less impressive or less fun. I, don't, I hesitate to say that, but like yeah, it's just, it's just not as I guess uh, grand as as diverse and grand and like. Uh, but this feels like a more cohesive experience to me. A hundred percent in and, every way. Cause again, you have the narratives, like yeah. the narratives all work together. The map in and of itself works better together. Yeah. And the progression uh, works better together. Right. And it feels like, Hey, whenever you unlock one of those final like races, like the Titan or whatever, yeah. it's like, it feels like a big achievement. You're like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to go take this thing on. And you know, some of them can take a really long time. Like Goliath takes like eight or nine minutes to go a lap. Yeah. You know? And it's like, Oh my goodness, that's awesome. Well, at first it was a little overwhelming. Cause like every single thing you would do, you unlock three more things on the map you know oh, I'm like, but and i think that's that was a change from forza horizon 3 where like sometimes you, you would uh you would get on log on and like there was only maybe one or two things that you could do because you needed to um some of the things you need to like get start no, a certain number of uh a certain rank in yeah like you could get to a point in forza horizon 3 where before you had like earned enough at each of the uh of the things where it's like oh i only have like a choice of three things to do yeah whereas on this it felt like every single time i would do one thing three more things would pop up and then yeah definitely like to a certain point and then like it kind of tapers off but it's like even then like i haven't even touched Mm -hmm. half of the things that i'm able to because i've also been spending time in the seasonal challenges and in the stories and all kinds of stuff there's just there's so much in this game if i log on just to sit down and have some fun there's something to do, and yeah. I don't really have to think about it too hard. What You're, car? It's basically what the extent of it is. What car do I want to drive? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And what do I want to do? That's the biggest question. Uh, and so, if anybody is diving into this game, um, you 100% should get the Hoonigan uh, Focus Ford Focus RS. It yes. is like my favorite car in the game. Oh yeah, it's awesome. It's a rally uh, rally car, rally monster. Yep, is the class, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's my favorite car in the whole game right now as well. So good. Yeah. Um, Talked about talked about a lot. Oh, this game looks amazing. So I'm I'm playing it in uh, right. 4K HDR. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cannot believe what I'm looking at half the time. <laughs> I, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Uh, last night I was just kind of driving, and the sun was coming up over the snow, and I was up in that area. Um, it was the windmill farm. Yeah. You know, it's just wide open, just huge sky, purple and blue and orange sky. And you're like, oh my goodness, I cannot. And, oh, and there were um, contrails in the uh, in the air. So That's like, awesome. Great. It looks real. Yeah. The funny thing about like uh, the way that <coughs> back in, in Force Horizon 3, they did the whole, hey, it's, we're going to take, you know, a, a large portion of time, like a couple of days of footage of the sky and model our engine after that sky. And so they did that again in uh, Great Britain where this game is set, but they had, they did it in all four seasons in order yeah. to get all four seasons worth of different skies in there. So like yeah. everything reacts slightly differently depending on the season in the sky. So it's not like you're just looking yeah. at the same one all the time. You can, you can change your graphical settings. I appreciate that to, uh, instead of, 
you can either prioritize graphics or you can prioritize frame rate. And so if you prioritize frame rate, it goes up to 60 frames a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some, some – I mean, it doesn't look as good. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer the 30 frames a second at least the way – like I switched from 30 to 60, so like that's hard. Uh, that's You know, like all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this is weird. Yeah. Um, so I will give – you know, say that as a caveat. But uh, I prefer the more um, – cinematic feel of 30 frames a second and better graphics yeah. than yeah. needing to push up the frame rate. I've never been like, except for unless it's the Call of Duty or something like that, I've never been a, a frame rate junkie really. Yeah. The uh, the interesting thing on me, not with an Xbox One X, um, it's still gorgeous, still looks amazing. Like it looks, it looks way better than a Forza Horizon 3 and Forza Horizon 3 was gorgeous. Um, the thing I will say, one of the patches that they put out early last week um, did create more issues as far as pop-in goes. Like where it's like I was driving a super fast car, like, a, you know, driving 190 miles an hour on this thing. And I'm watching like, oh, those bushes over there are like popping in. And that was weird. Like that's a strange thing for a Forza Horizon game. But then the next day, new patch, fixed it all. Yeah. And so it's like, it, I, I, I will say like as a dynamic game and as like we change seasons here and there, there are, could potentially be some performance things on a non Xbox One X, like that's not optimized for that that console that may get like repatched eventually. Yeah. Um. And so I fully expect that to happen as a you know OG Xbox One yeah. fan yeah, or I haven't a seen owner. Any kind so of pop in or like I I think there was one graphical issue where uh, the camera was like inside the snow once. Mm. Um. That's the only the like old camera gets buried in the snow tree. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, only weird thing that I've seen. Yeah, on my ex. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing like about this game is like I like the fact that it's dynamic like that. I like the fact that they like oh whenever that happened, it's like I didn't have to wait long, and it's like oh yeah. here's a here's an update. So yeah, yeah. Is there anything else? I don't think so. We've talked about like story. We've talked about how and it's the, improved. We've it talked about great. the graphics. The, the cars we, feel great. Driving feels great. Oh my so goodness, much fun. dude! The sense of speed is there. Um, I love the fact that you're actually in a world with other people. Well, we didn't talk about Forzathon Lives. That's right. So every hour on the hour, um, something called Forzathon Live starts. So you go to a specific point on the map, and you can do it with up to eleven other people, so twelve people total. And uh, it'll start you through three rounds of some kind of challenge. And it'll be something like, hey, you, you need to jump a ramp and collectively get to this many feet or uh, go through this speed trap and collectively uh, accumulate this much speed. Two million miles per hour. Yeah, or uh, what's another one? Uh, do a certain number of skills, yeah. yeah. like So you all like are driving around this specific location and you have to do skills inside this area. Um, and it's all collective. I like that. Um, and if there's more people, it's easier and less people, it's harder. And mm-hmm. so, um, it's a good incentive to take part in it. You can, you get your seasonal credit there as yeah. well as yeah. the, uh, the seasonal races. I think like the online on this is, is much improved from other previous oh, games definitely. because like, I'm just in, like, you exist in, in the server, unless you opt into like solo mode, unless I load specifically into solo mode, it puts me into a server with, with, uh, 11 other cars and uh and you can still rewind so like that function still works yeah you pause you don't have to worry about hitting other cars like they ghost in and out and so like your game like even when i'm in a game with you my game it doesn't affect your game if it doesn't if we don't want it to yeah and your game doesn't affect my game if if you don't want it to and you can join in like whenever i uh i create a new event or i go to do a, a specific thing i can say hey i want the people in the server 
to, to potentially have the option to join me in this. Yeah. And so I can set it up that way and we can do a co-op race or a, a versus race if we want to. And everybody just either opts in or doesn't. And, uh, and I, I love that. Like I yeah. opted into a couple of races the other day cause I was like, Oh man, I'm in, I'm in that car right now. Yeah. I'm having a good time. Let me race against you yeah. or race with you. And like, you just kind of join in and have to have a great time. Yeah. So yeah, again, it gives you more variety, more options, things to do, that type of thing. Um, I also uh, I like the fact that if you're just in a server with people, um, your cars just ghost through each other, so yeah. you can't really have anybody come up and just try to grief you, mm-hmm. unless they're in your convoy. Mm-hmm. But then even in your convoy, sometimes there's situations in which the convoy is just ghosted. You know, and like the yeah. Forsython Live things, either you can't not run into them, which is great. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think they've done a lot of good things there because that you know I I remember that being different. In Forza Horizon Three, yeah, you couldn't pause whenever you were in the in the live server like that, and you couldn't rewind. Like you would literally just like go off a ramp, and it's like, well, you know, I can't rewind off this thing, so right. I've got to got to keep going. Now, whenever you're in the races in this, you can't rewind uh, with with uh, your you, crew. You can, but it just like more like resets your you passed a checkpoint or something like that. Right, it and like actually like rewind everyone in the world it just reminds you yeah and like that and that's fine too you know but uh because it's like oh it's a competitive thing and so in a, in a lot of ways and so like hey you don't want it to affect everybody and if, if somebody could rewind it again they could just grief you all day long so yeah. um, i think they have a really good job with the online in this game like the the best possible solution for every question that i've ever had on their games before in the online yeah all right, you ready to rate this thing i am in fact ready to rate this thing what are you gonna give it i'm gonna give this a nine point Oh man, I'm almost like I'm almost like at nine point five here. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, because like that that feels right to me. Where it's like, man, there's just a couple of things that if you made this, it'd be like yeah. ten. I mean, and we don't normally give half. You know, I'd almost maybe give this you know something a little bit higher, nine point eight yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But, um. Just right there, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to this extra long episode. Oh, hang on. We still haven't gone through the 15 we still episodes. We haven't gone through the fit, man. We um, could just, we, if you wanted to just nope. put that to next week, nope. we could do, okay, My phone's no, about we're, to die, though. we're doing it. So, um. You want me to pull it up? Uh, yeah, you can pull it up. Uh, we can both pull it up, and uh, if mine dies, then Perfect. you're ready to go. Perfect. Uh, let me pull up our, uh, our feed here. All right, so what, which one were we on? What number? We had gone through... Have we done this for two weeks now? So we're starting with three weeks now. Two weeks, thirty-one maybe. That sounds episode right. Thirty-one. What was? Uh, what is thirty-one? We'll be able to tell you if we've talked about it before. Okay. So episode. I get sorry. I scrolled way too far. <laughs> Man. All right. Here we go. Oh, what? Nope. We've uh, we've t- we've talked about all this. So, so we're gonna go to uh, forty-six. Yes. All right. So episode forty-six of our podcast. March 21st, 2014. Man, into 2014 now. Yep. Should games publishers release alpha versions? And why don't video game movies work? Uh, we talked about you had just gone to Mexico. And nice. we talked about um, your... uh was your, a great trip. Your Mexico, yeah. Episode 47. Why don't video game movies work? They still don't work. They should work. We should talk about that again. Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider works a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it yeah, a lot. It was good. Yeah. Uh, episode 47, Facebook buys Oculus Rift. Is virtual reality the next social media platform? The answer is no. The answer is not yet. <laughs> yeah, sure. Captain America, the Winter Soldier <laughs> review, our controversial. That's right. One of our most controversial episodes. <laughs> 
And <laughs> Jay Hanny was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Like he still, yeah, he still, he salty still about was it. like har- harping on you about Jared it. Jared you know? was with us on that. Jay Pinions himself. Um, if you want to get real angry, listen to that review. <laughs> Episode forty nine: Agents of Shield and Captain America's New World, aka how Shield doesn't relate to the rest of the Marvel universe. Um, Can't argue there. Still a great show. Yeah. After that season. Is it, I, I made a comment here. There's a lot in this episode, so hang in there. Our non-Marvel content starts around the 37-minute mark. <laughs> Whatever that means. Does that mean it's backloaded? I don't know how we worded that. Um, yeah, well, I, guess, I guess we did the main topic first, and then the entertainment news was later. We celebrated our 50th episode on April 17th, 2014, uh, with our favorite entertainment of yesteryear. Nice. I, I should, we should listen to that and confirm if it's still our favorite entertainment of yesteryear. Yeah, it says to celebrate, John and Chris talk about the entertainment they grew up with as kids. Oh, cool. Well, then it shouldn't change then, because no, we. we <laughs> so wait, we started with 45, so we're going to we're going to 60. Uh, so uh, episode 51, what's in our minds, part two, and how to successfully reboot a franchise. What was on our minds? That's what I. That's that's a terrible title. Like it's fine as a segment. It's good as a segment. A but terrible the, title. As a title of a podcast, like we've gotten a little and, bit better and with the, that. And the description just says John and Chris have some stuffs on their minds that need saying. Was it like? Wasn't that ep- like those episodes originally were literally just like random thoughts? Like that was us going down all the rabbit trails. Like that's pro- that could have been what we covered possibly in the first ten. Uh, episode episode. fifty two. We did it really. 52, man. Man, we interviewed Royden Lepp. Have we interviewed him twice? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we interviewed him the first time mm-hmm. after Rust Volume 3. Yeah, you're right, because we got a pre-release uh, copy of that and we reviewed it. Man, that was awesome. That was such a good interview. Yeah, Both was, interviews with him are fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Go check those out and uh, check the uh, Rust comics out. Graphic novels. Man. Episode 53, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 review, plus some news. Cool. Yep. I remember that uh, that review as well. Like, I mean, that was a good movie. It's a good movie. Episode 54, Child of Light review and Batman revealed and Xbox One without Connect. Lots of things. Interesting. The Batsuit. Oh, yeah. So the that's new, new Batsuit and Batman were revealed from uh, Batman vs. Superman. That's also whenever like Xbox started like backing out of their uh, Connect future. Yeah. Yeah, that's whenever they started. Uh, Phil Spencer started turning the gigantic wheel yep. that was the ship of Xbox. Uh, episode 55, X-Men Days of Future Past Review. That one seems so much more recent than the uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, 2 review. I know. And it's funny. Like, it's, it seems, well, no, not really. I don't know. Like, I feel like I, I almost disliked that movie as much as uh, Winter Soldier, but maybe not. What's funny about that movie right now, like, looking back at it, I'm like, I... I have, I think I've gotten fonder of uh, Amazing Spider-Man too, yeah. but I've gotten less fond of like Days of Future Past. It's like it hasn't aged as well right. as the other movie that came out like right around the same time. Right. Yeah. David, uh, episode fifty-six. David Wilkinson interview and fruitcake movie review. So our friend David Wilkinson uh, produced a uh, wrote, directed, and produced a short film called Fruitcake. We talked about that and what franchises should and should not be rebooted. I guess we talked about that with David. That we did. I wanted to go back and listen to that. Episode 57 was our E3 preview and predictions for 2014, plus what games we're playing. What games were we playing? I don't, I don't know. know. Um, episode 58 was our E3 2014 rundown. We talked about Microsoft, Sony, Ubisoft, and EA, all within one hour and nine minutes. 
how did that happen, John? We didn't talk about Nintendo uh, or the show sure, as a whole. Sure, but it's still the top, like the big four. It's true. Uh, the next week we talked about E3 2014, the post-show, Nintendo and Best of Show. So we talked about a lot of things that are on the, the show floor. And it was only 34 minutes long. Man, I mean, we should be super short-winded. Maybe we're too long-winded now. I don't I know. I think that's what it is. I think we, we like to hang out a little bit more on the episode now. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, for the end of this week, episode 60 was Transformers Age of Extinction Review. Boy, that was a terrible movie. Yeah, it was a bad movie. Um, and, <laughs> I, I want to uh, like address, what's, what's a worse movie? That movie or the Ninja Turtles? Like which, like of, the, the, of last, the ones that we've reviewed pretty poorly. Or Transformers The Last Night. Oh, dude. It's that one. Yeah. It's sure. that one, 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's, yeah, okay. I would watch the other ones again. I will not watch that one again. Mm. Mm. Sorry. Yeah, it's a bad Michael movie. Michael Bay. It's a real bad movie. Well, that uh, is our uh, countdown to episode 300 for this week. Yeah. You can find us online at sandtargetpodcast.com, on Twitter at chrisright250. And johnwright777. And at sandtargetpod. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. We do. That's it for this week. <gasps> what are we doing next week, John? Oh, uh, Anything? This is what we, this is, this is, I feel like this is like the new, like, norm spot for this spot. Yeah. Like, where you ask me, <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't know, let me look. I should just preemptively look. Yeah. Um, Red Dead Redemption will be coming out next week, so yeah, it's I mean, like we're not we should review it. And we, but I'm saying it's coming like, out that night. I'm looking. Yeah, I know that night at nine o'clock. I'm sure that we'll be able oh, to pick man. it up from we GameStop. We need to just make sure we get done early. That's then. what I'm saying. Is like next week we're doing an extra long episode this week. Yeah. Next week is going to be a short episode for Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Speaking of, right now you're listening to the first leaked song from Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, it's real weird. It's probably making you really uneasy right now. <laughs> I mean, this is like, yeah, it's it, this has been kind of creepy for a while here for but you. But this was leaked and this is all we have. <laughs> this, is, this is what we're grasping onto. Um, also, it's Halloween, so just feel uneasy. Embrace the uneasy. Happy Halloween. That's right. My new Halloween song. I like it. It's a hit, man. Just made it up. I mean, if if uh, what does a fox say can can be a hit? So can Happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm gonna make that into a song. Yeah. Uh, as a this is a pro tip, John. <laughs> Keep an eye out on the iTunes store for scary movies because they like to put them on sale. Nice. In the under eight dollars section. Nice. So like last night, I picked up The Shining. Yeah. For seven ninety nine. Yeah. And um, Alien mm, for seven ninety nine. Like and if you if you as long as they're not Paramount, Lionsgate, or MGM, okay, they're on. They're compatible with Disney movies anywhere. You can watch it on your Xbox app. Love it. I have a topic for us for next week. Okay. And it's our favorite Halloween television episodes. Ooh. So not movies, because like we've talked about that before. I mean, I television. I know my winner, but okay. Okay, I have I have a few as well. Like just like let's just do like go back and forth like we do five on five. Five, yeah, cool. I like it. Five each. Yeah, five each. Five v five. Yeah, I like it. It's good. It's like a tables, ladders, chairs match. WWE, <laughs> Money in the Bank. That type of thing. I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. King of the Hill. I mean, sure. Infection mode. I, I mean that I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Okay, that's right. Our 5v5 Battle, battle Royale. Royale. <laughs> That's not what a Battle Royale is. I mean, it could be. It's just a, it's just a format for understanding how how it works. I mean, last man standing. Last, 
television show standing. Yeah. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on Target. Target.